All right. Uh, welcome back to another episode. I know it's been a while, but welcome to another episode of Hawthorne Heights Get Emotional. Uh, a couple things up on the top real quick before we get going. Uh, we have a online show, a virtual show on the 30th of October. Uh, all the details, VIPs and all that stuff. Um, that is at hawthorneheights.com. Um, yeah, and if you'll get into the story of why we're doing that show during this episode, I'm assuming. Uh, we also have a lot of new merch in there, so go check that out. That's at hawthorneheightsstore.com. Um, and we have bingo night this Thursday. There's a shirt we all did that Mark made of all of our pets. Um, it's yeah. really cool. And if you get that shirt, you get into bingo for free. Or if you buy bingo, you get that shirt for free. However you want to look at it, just go grab it. Um, and those are, they're available. There's still some available. They are at hawthorneheightsstore.com. And I think that's it. Here we go with the show. Official Hawthorne Heights podcast. What's up, dudes? What's up? Hey, yo. <clears throat> that's what they really call quickly. That's what they call in the live ad roll, ad read right there. The copy, right? Oh yeah, I yeah. love copy. Really quickly, uh, <laughs> I've been following this uh, Twitter account called Jurassic Park Updates that I really like. <laughs> Anybody else get in on this? I have not. Other than me. Well, I'll give I've you seen a quick. It. I'll give you a quick example of what they tweet. We baptize our dinosaurs just in case all that Catholic shit turns out to be true. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh, we, we only built this park to impress a girl we liked and she didn't even notice. What a waste of time. <laughs> it's just stuff like that. Let me ask you so, a question. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. So I only keep my Twitter account for Nihilist Arby's. Do you think it's run by the same people? It's it's definitely with it's on brand mm -hmm. for sure. Um, J JT, did you get a thing that I DM'd you last night on Instagram? Uh, no. What time did you send it? You night owl. Late. <laughs> no, but okay. I, do you want me to check it right now? No, you don't have to. But for the listeners and you, there is a guy named James Austin. James Austin Johnson. God, that's weird to say. Uh, his Instagram handle is shrimpjaj. And he has by far the best Trump impression of all time. I mean, it is, if you close your eyes, you think it's Trump. It, it is, and he's walking around the streets and he's just shooting the shit. And he's like, weird Al Yankovic, blah, blah, blah. Like just, it's ridiculous. It is perfect though. You must watch it. It's so funny. I'll take a listen. It's the best. I mean, it's the best of all time. If somebody references SNL in this, they're a joke. This is like an amazing impression. Like I always find impressions impressive. Anybody uh, is willing to use a shrimp in their screen name as a friend of mine. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what sold that's what sold me. <laughs> well, what happened is I was just looking up shrimp and just found him. I'm kidding. That did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't looking for shrimp pics on IG. 
You're always cruising those hashtags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, it's been a while since we podcasted. And today, this is probably going to be because we have stuff coming up, as I mentioned in the ad read at the beginning that we uh, sponsor. We pay ourselves for it. It's like a weird transactional thing to explain the tax guy. Um, but we got stuff coming up. So this is going to serve as our October episode and definitely our Halloween episode. So that's what we're here to, to yak about is Halloween. So when you're passing like out candy, yeah. when you're passing out candy, you can just put your AirPods in and pretend those kids don't exist and just listen to this. I like Halloween too. I think it, the orange and black thing is always weird because I'm from Ohio. So when I think orange and black, the rest of the world thinks Halloween and I think Bengals. And I've thought that since I was blend. a kid. Since I was a kid, when I see Halloween stuff, my first thought is Bengals, and then I go, oh yeah, Halloween. Just it's because- It's the perfect blend of football <laughs> and uh, scary, which is great. It's great for me. <clears throat> uh, the Bengals lost another game yesterday. A true uh, heartbreaker. Not was really. It, was it you close? Know, yeah, they actually were ahead 21. And then I think they ended up losing. Um, oh, that's not good. I think they ended up losing by four or something like that. They were up uh, by 21? Yeah. And lost. Damn. Yeah, but let, let me pitch it to you in a good way. Okay. Because I, I would rather the last game where they didn't score one point ever than them being no. up and then lose. <laughs> no, I, I like it to at least be competitive because it's enjoying Right. Uh, but I will tell you one thing that the coronavirus has done in my life has basically sucked most joy out of things. And it is, it has also, um, it's take the stakes are way less for some reason for me when it comes to a lot of things like sports, like LeBron's my favorite player and it was great to watch him, um, you know, win the championship with Anthony Davis and the Lakers, but, it just feels like it's going to have an asterisk beside it. So, yeah. like, like right now, you know, you don't see any fans in the stadium at the Bengals game, and it's like it just seems like is is this a is this like a free year? It seems pre it seems preseasony. It feels yeah. preseasony. Is, is this like a free year to like practice and everything right. like that? And I I don't know why it feels that way because I don't care if there's people in the stands. You know what I mean? I'm I'm going to watch the game on TV and stuff. So I thought uh, basketball, I thought basketball was actually cooler. I want this to be basketball from here on. And I loved, I loved the overlap. If I got to find something good, cause I do agree with you. It all feels weirder. I love the overlap where I got basketball, baseball, and football, even though I have, I've watched <laughs> one football game all year, but I like having that those all three going on at the same time. It's kind of cool. Man, you got one of the best teams in the NFL. You better grow up, you motherfucker. <clears throat> I don't have cable, so I would have to go to the game to watch it, I think, or a bar. And neither, nah, of, those, neither, neither of those are happening. Hey, if you're going to get all your news from Reddit, you get all your sports from Reddit too, buddy. <laughs> well, did, did, the ten, did the Titans ever play? Like, Because last week when I was watching the Bengals game, they were basically saying the entire team has corona and they're <laughs> never going to play. No, they actually they, play they, the Bills. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I think they're five. They're I think they're five and zero. I don't think they've lost yet. If they have, they've lost one game. So they're okay. doing, they're doing really good. Uh, Derrick Henry had like three hundred yards rushing last night. 
He's an so, right absolute beast. Corona so can't how, take him down. How does it work if a team – so if they have – say they have 15 games or whatever it is, 12 games. 16. Okay, 16 games. What if, like, five teams are out for, like, three weeks? Is it a f- automatic forfeit? How are they doing that? Nah, there's only been one game that has gotten moved to later on in the season, okay. and that's because uh, the testing came back, like, too late to move it to, like, Monday or Tuesday or something like that. But there's been a couple games that have been shifted to Monday night, so it makes a Monday night doubleheader. Okay. Um, and then there was one that That's was way on better. Two, there was one that was on Tuesday, so mm-hmm. first time in history Tuesday night football. So really, you're just getting like since since like uh, the networks are also struggling with programming. You know, yeah, they don't, don't have care. very much. They'll, they'll do it any day of the week. Yeah, exactly. So there, it's it's the perfect storm for people who who like football. You might just get to watch it more. Um, but there. To my knowledge, there hasn't been a truly canceled game because they're they just, just moving it they, around. Yeah, they just move them, and as long as the tests uh, keep coming back negative, you know, like let's for the Patriots, Cam Newton tested their quarterback tested positive, so he wasn't allowed to play in the game as long as there was no more like spreading positives. Um, and there weren't. You know, they're testing him like crazy. So the second one of them gets it or tests positive, he's, like, taken out of the loop or whatever. Did you ever think um, a pandemic would play into your fantasy picking? No, I did <laughs> not. But I, I will tell you this. It is strange because uh, when you hear, okay, three positive tests on whatever, the 49ers or something like that, now you do have to think, are they, are they moving the game? Which changes your entire strategy because those, those players don't matter to you now. It doesn't matter that they move that game because c- it just changes their bye week. You know what I mean? Right. They just they, they switch mm. the game to their bye week. So, like, like how, just, many people, how many people had the Titans, players from the Titans, and then went, oh, shit. They're dropping like flies from Corona. I'm yeah. going to boot them all. And then they end up randomly playing on a Tuesday, which is insane. And then, but, and it's up to the league. This is where we go governmental rights versus state rights. It's up to each person's individual league, meaning ESPN does not govern all of the games, right? right. So your commissioner of your specific league has to say, okay, if there's, uh, if this game is moved, it counts on this week, and it doesn't count on, you know, like – Okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. So everybody has to figure out their own strategy on how you want to handle it. Um, That's interesting. uh, Okay, real quick, off of football, back to basketball. I want your opinion on this, JT, because I'm sure you have one. Do you think – two things – I don't think that I watched quite a bit of the basketball stuff because I, I love bubble basketball. I think it's great. I think it's so much better than regular NBA. I want to get rid of the fans. Um, I'm going to say I'm putting an asterisk next to this, this one, but I'm saying this one is actually harder than a regular one. And the heat sure. would, and the heat probably wouldn't have been the Cinderella story. They were yeah. had this not been the situation. 
Yeah. This I is the best 100%. way. This is the best way to level the playing field. Everybody in a bubble, yeah. everybody eating the same shit, everybody the same. And then they had to take a break in the middle of the season. It's like the longest season, but yeah, also so seemed like the shortest. It was, it's insanely hard to win this one. Yeah, I agree. And you know what's uh, the reason that I consider there to be no asterisk is because the Lakers were the best team the entire season. Right. So it makes total it makes total total sense that they were to go on and win the championship. But you can um, never say, oh, well, they won because in that second series they had Holmes no. home court or something like that. You can never say that. Which, nope. if everybody always says shit like that, in my opinion, you should put an asterisk next to every season because everybody has an advantage. That's the whole point of winning during the season. That's the point. Like, of course, yeah. like home court advantage yeah. does work. This one, you don't get it. I think this is actually harder to actually play as a team without that momentum. Granted, the flying's out, which is part of the, the flying back and forth the part of the game. Yeah, yeah that's out. So it, I, think it's, I think it's more impressive to win this one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that, like, you know, we'll reference for the next – 30 years yeah i want them to make i want them to make a dvd set of like a lot of it because it was it was good there has to be there there has to be some sort of documentary being made because you know it's the entire nba i bet there is some sort of bubble documentary being there has to be there has to be uh which was interesting you know it was interesting that the nba was there it shows you when you really only have because i think their roster is 12 to 15 players it shows you that when you can, when you have such a small roster that you can truncate it into one tiny bubble and it still be, be crazy. But like the, the Lakers and the Heat, um, they were away from their friends and family for I think it was 90 days, might have been a little bit over 90 days, you know, three, three and a half months. So yep. imagine that. Yep. That's like. That's crazy to think. I of. just I got a vibe when I was checking it out and stuff. I got they were a, on tour, by the way. Yeah, totally. But they were doing a residency. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when I got like the vibe of like a basketball camp. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, yeah. hey, come down. It's your turn to play. You guys are at six tonight. Like it had that feel, but like with like amazing players, not like basketball camp players, like the best yeah. players. I thought it was fucking awesome, and I just love. I love all these sports um, without fans because I can hear like coaches yelling. I like hearing that the sound of the the shoes on the court. It just has a different sound. The best is UFC. I mean, that's the craziest because you can hear all the coaches yelling and stuff like, oh, he's taking your back. Like you can hear all that stuff you never hear because there's a yeah. bunch of dipshits chugging beer constantly and yelling. So I think that's way cooler. Like UFC is the, the, the one that's set up best for this just because they have uh, that show, Ultimate Fighter. So, like, do you know what that show is? Yeah. At the at the end of that, like, when they do matches, it's basically just the teams and the people fighting. So, you, you, for years and years, people are already used to seeing, like, what that even sounds like. Like, it just sounds like a gym. Um, so, I think that's cool that that is, like, something that they do. That's just how it's done now. Like, I just think that's kind of cool. Yeah. I, hope they, I, mean, I hope they never bring fans back, personally. It's definitely enjoy, enjoying. And, like, my advice to everybody is, yeah, it's it's not like how it was just even last year. But, like, don't let that 
affect your joy. If you enjoy uh, watching this stuff, then you should just continue to watch it. Like I, I have a uh, couple of friends who like, they have stopped watching sports altogether because of the uh, everything political about it, you know, like whether it yeah. be the flag or whether it be, uh, you know, the anthem or uh, putting stuff on helmets or, you know, everything all over the NBA floor and stuff like that. And, and it's not that they're, that they're against what they're saying. It's just that they are, they just don't, they're tired of everything. They don't want to see it in, in the things that they watch for enjoyment. And uh, so it's not like they're not anti-activism. They're just fatigued. So like yeah. they just, people who have been watching all this stuff for years and years and years, they don't watch their favorite teams play. And now, now, now I'm not saying that they won't go back at some point, but like they checked out. So that's a reality for some people, which is kind of crazy to think when, when you think about uh, how much it means to a lot of people, like that's their, their daily escape. They're not big music fans or something. So they watch like, you know, sports every weekend. They're big Ohio state fans or something like that. And like that little bit of joy has been taken away from them. But then you realize that like it can be transferred. So like, I don't know what else they're doing. You know, maybe they're just spending more family time instead of spending three hours in front of the TV or whatever. I have no idea. Like, it's not all bad. Just because you, just because you lose one bit of joy doesn't mean you can't transfer it to something else. It doesn't mean it makes you miserable or anything, but it's just, you know, it's one of the biggest traditions for our country and it's kind of, you know, not what it was, at least for right now. And of course, you know, this is where Donald Trump would say, failing ratings, failing ratings, failing <laughs> ratings. Uh, but that's, why, why would we ever care about ratings? You know what I mean? Like, I've well, never they do. once watched the, the companies I, do. The companies do for sure. But like, it's, he's not talking to the companies. He's talking to us. <laughs> yeah, we don't right. care about like, like, we don't care when somebody's, uh, failing or anything if you, like if you if didn't like watch a lot of your favorite shows fail a lot of your favorite bands fail a lot of your favorite teams fail yeah. with, you know like we're not everything's not going to be 100 <laughs> successful at all times it's about the journey and the struggle and everything if um, you if you like basketball and you did not watch the nba finals for political reasons a you're a loser and b you missed out on really good basketball <laughs> That's the yeah. bottom line. Like you missed out on literal a Cinderella story with the Heat, and then the best team won, which is what should happen. Um, it was it was amazing basketball. I thought it was fucking amazing. Like it if just you, kinda, you fucked up. It just kind of shows you that like because you can't see a sticker on a floor or on somebody's helmet that you don't care about somebody else's point of view that you can't even hear it. You can't even look at it. Yeah, I get I get people being annoyed with politics entering every part of society. It is annoying. Sure. I, but I it, get that as well. But at the end of the day, Tyler Hero's a cool story. Jimmy Butler's a cool story. LeBron, Anthony Davis, cool story. Like everything about it. JR takes his shirt off even with no crowd. So now we know it's real. Uh, everything about it was perfect. Like I don't give a fuck about if you agree with the politics. If you like basketball, you should have watched it. <laughs> like it's really, it was really good basketball. Yeah, and in the semifinals, 
you got to realize that you were either going to get Lakers-Celtics, which is one of the most classic matchups in the league that hasn't happened for a long time in the finals, or you got the, the dark horse. You know, so you were going to win either way. Yeah, it's because, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a bummer. And, and uh, even ba- even baseball, like the Astros just got knocked out, which is what the universe needed. We needed them gone. So that's the cheaters. Even, yeah, the cheaters are gone. So that's perfect. LA, I don't, I'm not an LA person, but it's kind of cool that the Dodgers and the Lakers could win. Um, it all kind of happens after Kobe during wildfire. Like it's all kind of a cool story. Um, yeah. Yeah. But if you don't want to watch it for political reasons, I would say you're a loser and you probably shouldn't be watching TV at all because it's everything is that. So turn your TV off, I guess, or turn your internet off. Also, just turn it all off. Maybe, maybe you should realize that there that there's a lot at stake right now, and you can't just bury your head in the sand and pretend like it's not there because you don't watch sports because it's political. You don't uh, listen to music because it's political. You don't get on Facebook because it's political. It's like. Don't go talk to anybody at work because you know it's fucking political. Well, here's the big joke. The big joke is everybody's like, I'm not watching NFL this year. Too political. Facebook, 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 Facebook. (laughs) I'm going to talk about it, though. Constantly. I'm going to talk about it. All right. Let's get into it. What's everybody been doing this week? Um, Who wants to go first? Oh, Poppy, you raised your hand. I'll go with you. Poppy, you go ahead. (laughs) I don't think I've been doing anything, honestly. (laughs) I swear to God. Yeah, nothing. no books, I, no nothing. I'm reading uh, the Anthology of Emo, Volume 2, which is uh, a book that was, it's sold by Polyvinyl, but it's um, written by a guy named Tom Mullins, who does the Washed Up Emo podcast. So I've been reading that, but I just feel like all I've done is worked, like just work and not much else. I did play Zelda for like six hours yesterday, which was nice, nice and that was relaxing, like like uh, Switch Zelda, you know, the, the, the OG. Breath of the Wild, or, of the, the wild. or the old, old one. No, 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 yeah, the gotcha. Breath of the Wild. Um, I'm going through and trying to get my hearts up so I can go defeat Ganon. There you go, big things. But, but yeah, other than that, not shit. Not wrong with that. No. <laughs> dot 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 mark <laughs> mark hit, hit me with it you're like no i'm out he's out mark what um, you been doing uh, i don't know we've been working on some band stuff and uh just getting ready getting all the merch launched the show we played some shows that was fun um yeah, we did. yep so we actually had a band rehearsal which was a rare thing in 2020 got to play <laughs> music in the same room with my friends that was cool um yeah we had a couple shows and you do this podcast today if you're listening to this before the 30th you have a chance to come see it so 30th we're playing another one go to our website for info yeah is that all that all you got about it man lots of lots of music stuff and lots of getting merch ready for all the merch we launched yep Word. All right, I'll go next because JT's, JT's a humdinger, so he's going last. Um, I have just been hanging out. Um, I've been playing back on the video games. I've been playing Mario 35 on Switch, which I highly, highly suggest all of you do it. 
Um, it's, it's free. It's okay. incredible. Uh, and just do it. It's fucking amazing. It's literally the first Mario, Super, uh, Mario Brothers, the very first mm -hmm. one. And you're in a room with 35 people and everybody just plays Mario. And then the last person that isn't dead is the winner. But you can like, if you, uh, you can land on, like if you hit an enemy, it'll go to like a, another player's screen. So you add an enemy to their screen. So you make other players oh, cool. lives harder by killing enemies on yours. It's fucking awesome. Um, also, I wondered, I, would, I wondered about that whole thing. So thanks for it's, explaining. It's fucking amazing. It's, it's really good. It's like a, it's a good way to play the old Mario. And every time you play it, it's different because people are adding enemies to your screen. So it's not like the same game over and over. It's different mm -hmm. every time. So mm -hmm. I think cool. that is the coolest thing about it. But uh, it's, it's awesome and it's free. Um, and then the other night, I think, what, two nights ago, I went to the drive-in and watched The Greatest Showman, which was, uh. which was dude, I hate musicals. Fucking despise them this this movie's a banger um it's the only movie i will say i it was an hour and 46 minutes long it needed another hour and i've never said that in my life <laughs> it doesn't really it doesn't like it's like the it would be a great netflix show it would be a better netflix show than a movie because there's all like the the freaks or whatever if you could find out their stories it would be so much better than the movie itself. But the songs are absolute bangers. They're like pop smashes, which that's my thing about musicals. I just don't connect with that kind of music. <laughs> yeah. But these are like pop smash songs. So they're like, even if you don't like musicals, you're like, that song is an absolute smash. You know, um, it's funny about the, the choreography is amazing. The filming is amazing. The slow motion, it's amazing. It's great. The funny thing about The Greatest Showman is I, I've never seen it before, but when we were on tour with Newfound Glory and they were doing uh, the the one song from it, like yeah, I, I had no idea. I didn't idea. know what that was. <laughs> I had no idea that's what that was from. And I also, like, since I hadn't seen the movie or anything, I thought he was coming out, his outfit, Jordan's outfit, I thought he was coming out dressed as Apollo Creed. <laughs> I thought, me too. <laughs> You're... You want me to break the news to you, Poppy, live on air? Well, I mean, you can. You can't. He came out as Barnum, or is it Barnum, or, or is it Bailey? It's Barnum, PT Barnum. Okay. Barnum, gotcha. Is that who? Is that who he was? Coming yeah. Out as? Yeah. Yep. But <laughs> I, I had to look this movie up. I've never heard of this movie before. This yeah. Greatest Showman movie. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of it. <laughs> It was, it's on Disney Plus, if anybody wants to watch it. I'm sure most people have seen it. I have never even thought about watching it. And the other night we were just like, I just, I will go to the drive-in to watch anything. I would, yeah. I would go to a drive-in to watch my own execution. Like, I love the drive-in so much. Um, so, but I'm glad we went because it was, it's actually really good. Um, I feel basic saying that, but it was good. Uh, so that's, uh, that's What's about this? that. What's the song they were they were playing? Like it's it called, was it like the theme song? And uh, it's just a random song from it. It's called This Is Me. Gotcha. It's got a bunch of woes. It sounds like the World Cup. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that's it. I mean that's that's it. It sounds like a song that's primed to be big in Europe. Uh but it's uh, a they, pop, it's a pop smash and that's full they, the whole thing is full of smash hits. Nice. Yeah. 
they did a great job with it though. Newfound Glory did a good job making it a pop yeah. punk song, which was which was definitely cool to hear. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of the songs from the movie already sound like Fall Out Boy. Yeah. So just the way it's like in between. If you could go right in the middle between Fall Out Boy and Pop Country, that's what every song sounds like in that movie. Um, which just means hits. So you could you could base in every song you could say you could me and Leah were doing it. You could sing "Light It Up" in any of the songs they played. Like "Light It yeah. Up, Up, Up." You could do it with any. <laughs> means so, smash. Yeah, somebody, which means somebody, smash. Somebody answer me this because I'm not very familiar with these names. Who's Benji Pasek and Justin Paul? Those are the people that wrote this music. Yes, but who, are they like are they just like songwriters? Is that yeah, they're they... so, uh, I looked them up because I was like, who wrote this shit? Mm -hmm. uh, they're like a songwriting duo, and they do a bunch of like TV movie stuff, but like big shit you've heard of. Okay, so that's like their wheelhouse. They're not like writing like pop hits, but they are writing hits for movies for sure. So. All right, JT, what have you been up to? You want the trauma or the drama? Uh, tell you what, I'm going to get back in my seat and I'm just going to listen. You enjoy yourself. <laughs> Give me what, however you want to send it. However you want to send it through the airwaves, you send it. All right. Well, it's all fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's all bad. And, uh, I don't know. I guess it's been a, when you're uh, locked in a vacancy, you do a lot of soul searching and stuff like that. But like, uh, man, I don't know. We do these shows and it's like you think that you're trying to do a good thing. And then your niece comes down with COVID who lives at your house. And then you got to lock your whole world down and make sure that you didn't infect anybody. So I've been trapped at my house um since what day would that have been that have been the the 11th right wasn't it the 9th 10th 11th or yes. 8th 9th yeah. and 10th maybe it was 8th 9th and 10th eighth, ninth, and 10th yeah yeah so, so after the, the yeah after the show on the friday so um and you know you have to go through like all the protocol and everything like that which is uh you know my niece tests positive and i have to go take a test my test negative uh nikki and avery's test negative um but then you know my uh niece started to experience some some heavier symptoms you know like not being able to get, like her breathing didn't feel right and stuff like that so you take her back to the uh er this time and then the er was like all right you guys gotta go full lockdown full quarantine um which is like, uh, you know, it's pretty traumatic for my daughter to start off with because she loves school. And it was like the, the devastation of hearing that she can't go while everybody else can is, you know, that's, that's uh, bad news. Um, you know, the way she put it before was everybody else was quarantined before and now it's just me. And like that, that the magnitude of hearing that is kind of heartbreaking um yeah kind of it like treats you kind of like a leper you know like yeah, for no kinda. for no reason but it's in your mind you just feel like yeah kind of so you know like i feel super bad about that because 
there's there's literally nothing we can do about it. It's not like we can be like, ah, just go to school, see what happens. The school will not allow her, you know what I mean? Like once you're in the system, yeah. um, we have to get like a note when we're, when we reach the certain day that we're allowed to not quarantine anymore. So that was kind of heartbreaking. Um, but also, you know, like we're ha having to cancel our last show and kind of disappoint the fans. Uh, but obviously we were, we were able to move it, which is cool. Um, and then, you know, hearing that uh, one of the, the sound guy from uh, Trojan City ended up um, testing positive. So there was an issue within his family as well. It's like, it shows you once it, once it gets like close to you, you know what I mean? Like it, it shows you that like, it just gets real, real fast. So like everybody, you see everybody's like, this isn't even that big a deal. We'll wait till it like gets into your family's ecosystem and then you can realize whether or not it's a big deal because it changes everything. You know, I can't go to work. Uh, my wife can't go to work. Our daughter can't go to school. And those are, those are just things that we can't do. You know, I'm not even talking like we don't have it to our not, at least to our knowledge, we do not have it. Right. So now imagine that we can't go to work, we can't go to school and we have an infectious disease that we're trying to fight at the same time. So yeah. like, I think people don't understand. They, and it's like one of those things until you deal directly with it, you're just annoyed by it. But I'm not annoyed by it. I totally, totally get it. But it's like, you know, it's, it's like, every, it's, it's like everything. It's, it's not, it's not real until it nails you in the face. Like everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like I'm entirely quarantined until they say that I'm no longer quarantined, which is basically 14 days after they think that the person that is in your house is no longer infectious. That's how it works. Yeah. 14 so days she, after latest known exposure, which is very loose for a reason. Yeah. But she's already out like going to school and stuff. So she, the one that tested positive is out in the world and yeah. the ones that test really? negative are locked down. Yeah. I didn't yep. know that. Holy crap. Yep. Cause you're only, you're only infectious for a certain amount of time. And yep. then it's, then it doesn't matter if you're like out doing stuff cause you can't infect anybody. So they have to treat us like we have the disease. And if we do have it, we are all asymptomatic, you know, so we, we've never like, which would be best the, case scenario. Yeah, the only thing that I felt is just a little bit congested every once in a while, but not in a way that I've never felt before, not in a way that it's affected anything. You know, it's just, that's just what it's felt like. Nikki the same, and then Avery really hasn't. She, she's never really had any sort of symptom whatsoever. Um, so, you know, it's the, the worst part for us is just that we can't do anything. Uh, not being able to go to the grocery store when you want something is, you know, I feel like I'm in the, uh, whatever pioneer times, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like you just have to kind of eat what's in your cupboard. Um, and you know, if I wanted a, an ice cold Coca-Cola classic from the gas station, I can't get it. <laughs> you know? Okay. I can't, uh, 
I can't have anything that's not here. So we literally are relying on like, you know, Nikki's mom will like drop stuff off to us randomly. Uh, so it's almost like we receive gifts every couple of days because we don't tell her what we want or anything. <laughs> She's just like, I was at the store, so I brought this by. So it's kind of funny, but um, so that really hasn't been too bad, but it's like, you know, I haven't been able to really do much work other than the social media stuff and stuff like that and uh, pick up my guitar every once in a while and stuff like that. But like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. And Nikki is like a busy body. So like, she doesn't do well with like being able to just sit and relax. I feel like I've been running into a brick wall for 17 years. So like this year is the first time that we've all been able to kind of stop to a degree, but you're so worried financially being in a band right now because you can't do what you actually do that makes money that you can't stop mentally before you couldn't stop physically you know like you're always gone you're living out of a suitcase and the, the reason that you can't stop is because you have to go from city to city so you're constantly in transit now i feel like i can't stop mentally because you know like the, the second that one month goes bad then the next month goes bad then the next month goes bad um and like that, that's what people don't truly understand about the, the pandemic when people's like jobs are taken away. It like, you know, like that's just, that's a, a very terrifying feeling. So I, I, I definitely feel a little bit of that for the first time because before the pandemic like was like, ooh, the whole world's on quarantine. This is interesting. So like there's so much newness to it. Now it's like we're well past that phase. Now we're like, do we have this virus? Is it going to get bad for us? That sort of thing. Um, yeah. At first it was like, at first it was kind of like glamping. Yeah. And now it's like prison. <laughs> like, yeah. Also, yeah, also sure. mentally for you, I mean, for 15, 16 years, you've been out on the road, the exact opposite I can't imagine a more opposite thing of being out on tour than being locked in your house. There's not yeah. an, there. So mentally to go from one extreme to the other extreme, I mean, I can't think of a more extreme other than going to jail, but at least you wouldn't have to buy your food. Yeah. Three hots and a cot, baby. <laughs> yeah, <right>. um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's super weird for, for, for that exact reason. It's like, you just, you can't, do anything it's like on the nicer days like today is a just a gloomy rainy october day uh you like i'll go out and like sit on the porch for like 15 minutes just so i can have some sort of fresh air and not like manufactured light <laughs> you know yeah. like um but it, it's definitely strange I, i'll tell you this if it was in that that uh, whatever you want to call that dead zone between uh, where only baseball is on TV. <laughs> yeah. I'd be struggling right now. Baseball and hockey. I, yeah. Cause I at least enjoy football and I was able to, to watch basketball and stuff like that. So like that has helped me a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it, but the bigger deal is, so 
in the middle of the quarantine or over the past maybe like two weeks, two and a half weeks, um, my cat Ruby jumped up and was sitting on my lap um, while I was like watching. I think I was watching a Lakers game, to be honest with you. And I was petting her and I noticed some sort of like weird lump on the on her back leg and I was like what is this this feels weird and I'm like kind of poking at it and she's not like meowing it doesn't seem like it's bothering her or anything like that so it's like she's she's not limping she's not doing anything that would make you think anything is wrong with her whatsoever but then I see a drop of blood uh, or t the night before, I saw two drops of blood in the bathroom uh, on the floor. And I'm like, that's weird. What is that? Did somebody have a nosebleed in the middle of the night or something? Um, and then I start to notice on her back leg, there's a little bit of a blood spot. And she then keeps like licking at it and kind of biting at it. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then it starts to get a little bit worse over the next couple of days she's still not acting like it hurts or anything like that but there's you know just a little tiny cut there that she keeps opening up by biting so she's just stringing blood droplets all around the house uh which is gross and you know like you're having to like follow her around and stuff like that and then Eventually, I'm like, I, you know, I got, I got to take her to the vet or I got to have somebody take her to the vet. No, I wasn't quarantined yet. I took her to the vet. Um, so take her to the vet. And uh, they drain all the blood from her leg. And that's what that, like, big kind of mass was. We're like, okay, no big deal. They don't seem concerned about it. They're like, nah, this happens. This is, like, a vascular issue with cats. It's just sometimes they get like a, it'd be like kind of like a blood clot for us, but a blood clot for us is way more detrimental than it is for them. So don't think anything much of it. Take her back. Two days later, it's back. And I'm like, that, that's, that can't be right. You know, something's got to be wrong, something more. So we're dealing with it over the next couple of days. And then eventually I have to take her back. And I'm like, uh, meanwhile, I'm still following her around the house, uh, like wiping up blood every time she like bites at it and opens it back up. So over the course of about a week and a half, my, my house looks like a fucking murder scene. You know, it looks like I'm like, I'm basically, uh, trying to, trying to cover up the fact that I've killed somebody in my house or something. Um, so I take her back to the vet and the vet is like, yeah, this probably isn't right. And he was like, well, we got two options. And you're never expecting somebody to just hit you over the head with a hammer immediately. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, like we'll try something. We got two options. We will cut the entire thing off which will be very hard to heal because it was like kind of wrapped around her leg and uh, cats are just hard to heal when it comes to their legs and feet because they're so athletic. And then he's like, or we'll just cut the whole leg off. You know, like, I don't think it's going to be something that's going to affect her life. And I'm like, cut her leg off. I'm like, you just want to cut it like that's, we're not going to figure out anything. We're just going to chop it off and maybe that'll make it go away. <laughs> and I'm like, it's definitely going to make it go away if it's gone. 
Um, so he, you know, he was basically explaining it to us. And uh, long story short, the getting the what was probably some form of cancerous tumor cut off of her leg was a band-aid to getting her leg removed eventually anyway because if it comes back it it will come back spread into other areas and stuff like that so the idea was we remove her leg and um you know that will fix everything so I have to get a cat's leg amputated for the first time in my life. And it is like, for me, traumatic. I'm like, I don't know what's going to, what's going to happen to her. Like, you know, like we're talking cutting a whole appendage off of somebody. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, shit, man, I don't know. So like we're dealing with coronavirus. Our house looks like a murder scene and we have to, have major surgery on our cat and so we're like okay start to give us the details and he's like oh cat cats don't care about this at all like a cat you know like a a big gigantic dog will have a problem because the supporting of the weight will be an issue and then it'll start to like hurt its hips and like eventually it just goes bad like cats live as long as cats are going to live because there's they're you know light and muscular like little tigers little house tigers. Um, so we get this thing lopped off and he, he's like, look, all you have to do is make sure that she's not trying to do too much. Like up and down, she can't go up and down stairs. She can't jump. She can't do things like that. And, and just make sure that she doesn't break her stitches open and you'll be free and clear. And I'm like, well, how long is, how long does the surgery last? It's like, all right, we well, drop her off at, you know, eight in the morning and come pick her up at five in the evening. And I'm like, the next day? And he's like, no, you take her home the same day. I'm like, you're going to cut her <laughs> leg off. And she doesn't even get, she doesn't even stay the night in a hotel. And uh, he's like, nah, it's easy. And I'm like, damn. No, it's called right. chainsaws, dude. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so we bring her home. And, uh, she's, uh, you know, disoriented from the, from the pain medication and stuff. But like the next day she wakes up and she's like totally fine, like purring and wanting to like jump down and like, just doesn't seem like much of anything has happened. And, uh, and then the following day she does jump down and it's just like hopping around with this one leg, <laughs> one back leg, which is, you know. I'm I'm trying to figure out how I can monetize her on Instagram. It'd be so uh, easy, just, dude. It'd be so but, simple. Uh, you know, TikTok's a big thing. Maybe I can get you know some music placements, and you know, all, all my, my whole world will be better. Not really, but um, I'm gonna see right now on Instagram if Ruby the tripod is taken, and if it's not, it should but, be. You know, realistically, so like. It's just, it's, it's been a very traumatic time as well, just because of that. Like you're not, man, I'm not, I'm not equipped for seeing like cat wounds and surgery and stuff like that. Like, 
I've just never dealt with it. And it's like traumatic. So like, I'll see it like in my sleep and stuff like that. It's like, uh, I'm glad that there's no blood droplets being dropped everywhere that I have to like figure out and, you know, like just, it's been super weird. And like, it only takes 10 days to fully heal as long as, uh, as long as, you know, like she doesn't pull the stitches out or anything like that. So we got to like, if the silver lining is that it would have been so hard to do all this and not be quarantined. So we're actually quarantined in the exact moment that we're taking care of our cat yeah, and all that's three good. of us. Yeah. All three of us can like help if need be and stuff. And uh, so if you want to feel like divine intervention maybe helped, that's something that, that I can say has been good, but yeah, it's, it's just been like a, uh, a weird traumatic experience. Um, and then, you know, you have all the, the financial fallout because it costs $2,000 to cut your leg off and you can't work at the same time. And it's like, you start to understand what people are talking about when like, they're just, they've had enough of, of feeling like they're left behind and feeling like nobody's helping them out. And, you know, like we can talk about how, I don't know, people want to take handouts and stuff like that. And like, you know, cause that's a, a common rich person thing, but it's like, until you need the handout, you think everybody's lazy. That's the old adage. The old mm -hmm. adage is like, like, how do you not get left behind when somebody has dealt you like five or 10 blows if you've never been dealt the five or 10 blows? You know, like- Bad, time, I'm, I'm, bad timing's a bitch. It just yeah, sucks. And, and I'm not using myself as like the, the detriment of like, I need all this stuff. I'm just saying that like, I, you start to understand it. You start to understand that like, well, let's say that somebody's mom comes down with like some severe health problems and now they can't work and now the person who like the the oldest daughter has to take care of her and now she can't work you know you just start to think about things like that and it's like maybe it's my mind racing but i i understand the need for compassion constantly because like these are all like just small issues that I feel like we're dealing with on the grand scheme of things, you know, people are like dying in hospitals and stuff, but like it, it shows you the, the dread that you can be in this weird, like cloud over you, this weird umbrella over you. And then, you know, not to even mention the fact that our industry is not back to work or anything like that. Like, and then you, you throw that thing that's constantly looming over top of you. It's just weird. It's a totally weird time uh, for me and my family right now. And then the extension of that is it makes a totally weird time for our, our band and your families right now. And then you keep umbrellaing out and it's like all these little tiny fractures. It's weird and you start to notice stuff like that about how if something goes down, like it starts to make you think of things like the stand and stuff like that. Oh, if this goes down, then this goes down, then this goes down. 
it's like it shows you how really how vulnerable we are so it, it makes me understand like if everything needs to be locked down that's why because of everything that can go wrong if certain things happen it's not just a matter of like man we just got to protect each other from this flu there's a lot more that goes into it than that i think well, people it, it does understand it kinda, that it kind of negates that classic like oh you're you don't have enough money why don't you work harder okay yes. work doing work doing what <laughs> like yep. i was in a band and now now i'm 40 38 in my case doing what what am I going to, doing what? Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Wait, and it's I, like, I have to like, wait, wait for our jobs to come back. I mean, that's what you do. And we're making the merch, merch stuff. And I mean, there's stuff you can do, but there's only a certain amount you can do. Yeah. And it's just, and then when things come, when bills come at the wrong time, uh, I'll give you the good news for you guys. Um, you're testing out how high your electricity and water bill can be because you're all home. <laughs> and just, you're, so this That's should be happening. the highest it could possibly be. At least it's in a good, if you got to find something good, it's at least in like a good time where the air conditioner or heater's not just constantly going. But yeah. shit's crazy. Somehow life doesn't care what time, <laughs> bad timing. Nah, nah. It's, you but know, if you got to find, if you got to find the, the spot, I mean, it is good after having something like that. It is good that you guys are all home to take, to take turns taking care. So it doesn't become one person's responsibility to take care of a cat, but yeah, that's crazy. But you know, it's not all bad. It's, I, it, that's, that's what you got to realize. You got to mm -hmm. realize that like somebody always has it a thousand times worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's, it's uh, yeah, it's weird. It's wild. It's the bummer for me is um, I feel like we're, we're on the good side of things now. A week ago, we were on the extremely bad side of things because we're like, oh, what's gonna happen? Yeah. How, you know, just just all this stuff. And, uh, you know, we're on the, you guys chasing and, the other side. You guys and your cat are in the recovery process, which is better than the other way. Yeah. So that's- Yeah, definitely. Um, well, uh, real quick, Ruby the tripod is taken on IG. Uh, Ruby the tripod Boston Terrier is taken, and Ruby the tripod Gray is taken, and they're all three-legged animals. What about Ruby? Ruby three legs or Ruby three times? <laughs> so she's not even an original. No, Damn. there's a lot of tripods. Well, they're, they're dogs though. They're dogs. There's still a window for you to make some cash. They're all three-legged dogs. But yeah. there's got to be a playoff Ruby Tuesday, the restaurant, where you could <laughs> Ruby, possibly three legs. Dead serious. <laughs> it's the time for social media. You could make Ruby three legs, the the poster child for Ruby Tuesday, the restaurant. <laughs> I guarantee they go with it. That's a hairless cat with three legs. That can't be very common. That's true. Uh, let me make some calls. <laughs> All right. Well, I know, I know um, the, I know the owner. So, I mean, I'd eat it off that. <laughs> I mean, I'd order takeout. I wouldn't go there, but I'd eat yeah. it. <laughs> I was um, like, prove it. Go sit in that room for half an hour and see. Let's see you prove it. You know, the the crazy thing is just the fact that you're also like, you start running out of things to like watch and running out of things to do because you gotta gotta take your 
brain's mind, you got to take your mind off of something. And like, you know, the shows are starting to get thin. The Mandalorian's coming up. So that's something that you got to look forward to. Um, I just made it through Lovecraft Country last night. Um, that's when Mario, that's Mario 35, you got to get on it. Well, that's, that's more of a passive thing. But yes, I agree. Finding like a game <clears throat> to play and stuff like that is, is definitely good and definitely helpful. A little quick, little time killer, little enjoyment, which is cool. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so the worst part about it is, it, is now it's starting to like, it's kind of worst and best part about it because I have been able to sit and watch some horror movies uh, because normally I would be working during the hours that they're on because, you know, they play, for some reason, they play them on daytime TV. Um, probably because nobody's watching TV then and they can't. But uh, it makes me realize that, like, over the past 17 years, how many Halloweens we've been on tour, and it's most of them. You know, every once in a while, you come across the tour that starts after Halloween. It's more like a winter tour. But, man, we're home from... We were home last year, too, and it was freaking cold. Like, we, we, we brought our little fire pit out on our front porch so we could hand out candy to the kids. And, like, those kids just seem miserable. I remember when, like... I don't ever remember being cold on Halloween. I, I remember really, it being I don't really like, either. Like feeling yeah. like summer. Yeah, I remember you know? it being like sixty-five or something like that. Like it's Climate just like fun. change. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't remember it being that cold either. But whatever. I think that's a perfect segue into our scary movies. Real quick, before we do that, I forgot to mention at the place I went to the drive-in. There is a restaurant called Elotes. Elotes. And what they do, get ready for this, they have elote. It's in this place called Plaza Mariachi. It's so badass. Uh, they have elote and they have like a thing of different chips. So you can get elote on top of Fritos, Doritos, <laughs> Takis. You can get it on anything you want. And they also do a walking taco, but instead of the white person version, which is like the seasoned beef and all that stuff, it's yeah. just elote in a bag of Fritos, which is just nice. I mean, if you are talking, if you're talking heaven to me, that that's it. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go to heaven, and there's gonna be a place called Elotes that looks like a vape shop, and it's gonna be the shit. So, but I just want to mention Elotes <laughs> now. Granted. Next day is pretty rough on elotes, but but while it's happening, it's pretty cool. To eat a styrofoam container full of Doritos and elote is pretty bad. Definitely. <laughs> yep. Okay, uh, let's get into our, our topic since this is the Halloween episode. Let's do it. October 19th, 2020. And all I have is the memory of what was. As I sit here in my house, where I am legally confined for the next 18 days, I think about the things that I will miss as my life has been forced to be put on pause. 
I'm asking myself, will I slowly unravel or will I use this time wisely and slowly tighten it back up? Probably a little bit of both. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. As the wheels on the Sprinter have grinded to a halt, it's definitely given me time to think, which has been healthy. We move too fast. At lightning speed, we move from place to place faster than we should, which makes everything a blur. But since we can't move at all, things are a little too clear, maybe a little too real. I think of the future, I think of the past, and I think of the present. And to be honest, all three are terrifying in different ways. I'm trying not to go full shining as I sort through these thoughts. And when I think of the past, I think of the times we had and the moments in between conversations. When you think of how funny something truly is or how magical conversation can be. But if you hold these moments, you hold them hard because you're afraid to talk about them. You're afraid that they pass by unnoticed and that you'll be made fun of for loving time spent with others. The truth is that this is what you miss when we are all gone. You miss the conversation and the time spent and how it frames the moments of silence in between. During those times, you live a series of had to be there moments and this story is one of those moments. You probably won't find it funny at all, but for us, it's an all-time favorite. The story involves two of my favorite things, Candy and Christopher Papadak, the resident whipping boy of Hawthorne Heights. And as the tale goes, Poppy has been vegan for quite some time. One night after the show, the sweet tooth struck us all and Matt immediately hit the blinker and drove to the nearest gas station. Poppy can basically only get two things at a gas station because he's vegan. Fritos or Chico sticks. One for the sweet, one for the salty. This particular night was all about the sweets. After we'd each made our choice, I saw Poppy stopped in the candy aisle and his face was glowing orange. One of us asked that fateful question. If you could get anything right now, what would it be? And without a pause, he said it. Reese cups. I've always hated the way the Midwest ruins the simple pronunciation of a good old fashioned American candy bar. And it's even worse when they doubled down and Poppy did. He hit me where it hurts the most, in the PCs. He said Reese's PCs, a classic double down. Anytime this happens, when I encounter a Midwesterner, I ask them if they've ever heard of Reese Witherspoon, and they always say yes. I asked Poppy the same question, and he said yes. I then ask if Reese owns some cups, whose cups would they be? He immediately answered, Reese's cups, which is exactly how you say the name of the candy bar, which is exactly why they came out with Reese's pieces 
because it rhymes. It's perfect. And you made it imperfect by thinking it was PCs. You doubled down. It's a fucking Reese's cup. The look on Poppy's face when I showed him there was an apostrophe on the package was a moment I lived for. And as I sit here in quarantine, I'm living for that moment. Happy Halloween! JT, first of all, I think you're on your way back up. I think you went yeah. down, and now you're on your way back up. Well, I feel good about it. Just like a roller coaster, my friend. <laughs> am I hearing the clicks, or you know, am I just getting ready for my for the second uh, wave of of falling to my uh, absolute panic? Well, you're on your way up, and we don't know if your next down is going to have a loop at the end, or if it's just another. Another quick one yeah. to go back up. We don't know yet. Time will tell. Uh, we don't know if you're on a standing roller coaster and you, I've, do, I've done this by the way, uh, on King Cobra back in the day, I was there with friends and I said it too high and I was like, what if, what if you said it like this? And then it locked and I was like, oh no. So I was like on my tippy toes, like no, 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 on that whole roller coaster. That's yeah. when I learned being funny isn't always funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, but anyway, let's get into, since this is the Halloween episode, we're going to talk scary movies for a bit. Um, and I think everybody should go around. Give me, uh, just want to do top. I mean, if we, let's just do, uh, let's do favorite scary movie or scary movie series, something like that. Um, Poppy, haven't heard your voice in a while. So I want you to come in. My favorite scary movie. It's it's I, I'm just gonna say it's a it's a horror movie. Uh it's the shining. Boom. That's a great one. Yeah. And and yeah, fuck yeah. Shining rules. Have you watched the uh documentary that room whatever it is? Room uh two three seven. Yeah. Yep. I have. I think I that have. I get I get as much enjoyment out of that as I do the shining. Just because I like stuff like that. I just like I like when anybody talks about something I like. Like a documentary about something I like, I'll watch any of it. The yeah, reason I, that, go ahead. I, and I like all of the weird um, Stanley Kubrick stuff. Like uh, just like even watching Doctor Sleep and like realizing that they used the Office was the same as from The Shining in the in the hotel. And I was just like, I geek out on that shit so hard because he just his attention to detail for things is incredible and i feel like there's always like a little bit of i don't know he he's a weird he was a weird filmmaker um so yeah i like i like the documentary stuff about him and his movies but yeah. that one it was makes, really good the when you when people cover a kubrick movie it makes you go watch the movie again that you've seen a million <coughs> times in a completely mm -hmm. different way oh yeah yeah which is fucking awesome and he's one of the only filmmakers in my opinion that i even care enough about to keep watching it over and over and over yeah you know what's what's always been crazy to me is that stephen king hates that version of the shining you know obviously he's the author so he's really invested in the source material and like there's a couple things that i think stanley kubrick changed that like he felt was 
crucial to the plot or something like that. Uh, but the reason that I like The Shining, and I used to watch The Shining as a kid, um, is just it has everything that you want. It creates the fear and the panic without giving you much at all. And you, you actually, like, as you watch it when you get older, you start to understand the, like, isolation that they're trying to bring out of you and everything. And the cool thing about that one is it's not like a, it's not like a Halloween scary movie. It's like a, like a weird psychological thriller. It's a psychological thriller. thriller. Yeah. And, uh, and like, it is such an investment mentally to yeah. watch the movie because it's like, I don't know, it's over three hours long, isn't it? Probably. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's three. I think, it, I think I it's like two it's ten, two fifteen, something there. like that. It's ten hours on TV, though. I will right. tell you that. Yes, that is true. When you add the commercials in, it's a long, it's a long journey. Wait, <laughs> you're watching it on cable television with commercials? No, no. I don't. Uh, yeah, it comes. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to look up how long it is right now. I'm sorry that I'm watching it on American Movie Classics and it's cutting out the uh, zombie tit scene that you want to see. I actually, I do, but like, I, I would hate to see that movie edited. I don't know. They're obviously going to cut that out. They're going to cut out that like, uh, yeah. just that disturbing nudity. Like I do not, that's not the nudity I'm looking for in my life. Uh, <laughs> but like, what are they, what else are they cutting out? But it, anyway, I, I think I'm in such an age now where if I can get something without a commercial, I don't give a shit what it's going to cost me because I don't want to see a fucking commercial for anything. And I definitely don't want to have it interrupt a movie anywhere. Like, I don't know. Movies are not, movies should not have commercial breaks. So by God, just get cable and watch that shit properly. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you can do a commercial break and meet the parents and doesn't do anything. A commercial I, break in a Kubrick movie is kind of a bummer. Like yeah, what like, a waste! Just, what a waste! I just, I just watched two thousand one <laughs> Space Odyssey, and if there had been a commercial, I would have thrown my fucking laptop through the wall. Oh yeah, I really uh, the movie have, is but... two hours and twenty four minutes. Is that the director's cut or the uh, straight version? Well, it, that is the American version. The premiere was 146 minutes. The Europeans, 119. I wonder if there is a director's cut of that. There has never, to be. I've never seen, like, you know, uh, the Criterion Collection. I don't know if they made one for that. Do you know there's a Criterion channel you can buy? You can just have all that shit. Oh, I, just, I didn't know that. You can just have all the Criterion stuff in one thing. I, I don't know how much it is, but I know it's I available. Have, I have a couple of Criterion uh, versions on DVD of a few movies. Um, Do you know what always pissed me off, though? Uh, Stephen King saying he doesn't like that. Stephen King would sell a movie, the movie rights to me for $1.50. Mm -hmm. And I've never made a movie before. How can you say you don't like the Kubrick version? Come on, get out of here. I've seen the people that make movies of yours. Like, and, and, that's, the, and that's the, as good as it gets. And the other thing is, I love Stephen King. He's probably one of my favorite authors. His movies are almost never good. Like, almost never. So, but you've got a movie that's heralded as like one of the best Stephen King stories. 
It's like the fucking thing was successful. It's so well done. Like, why the why the pushback? I mean, I understand it's not your by the hate, like, Steve. Yeah, man. But like, come on, dude. It's the only film that you've been a part of that's actually been <laughs> successful. All right, here I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna take you through it just really quickly. Um, Start at Dreamcatcher. I'm kidding. No, I'm talking about the uh, why he hates it. So if you guys want to keep talking here for a second, I can tell you why. Uh, do you guys why know about, like it. while JT finds that, do you guys know about what AMC is doing to stay open? The Hail Mary? AMC, oh, yeah. American Movie Classics? or the, yep. uh, uh, the movie know. theaters, movie theaters. Oh, Renting the theater know. out for a dollar? Renting the theater out for a hundred bucks. <laughs> Well, now, we, yeah. we know that because we almost went to see Empire and we couldn't get anybody to go with us. <laughs> Ain't got no friends. <laughs> uh, I, do you know if, the, if you can take your own movies in and watch your own shit or if you're like limited to their like six movies they have? Yeah, I you're think, limited. Yeah, they're, they're doing screenings. I don't think you can take a DVD and pop this in. Because <laughs> I, would, I would pay, I, back to Kubrick, I was thinking about it. I'm not sure what I would give them to take my eyes wide shut Blu-ray into a theater and watch it on a movie th- on a movie theater screen, a, like with like only people I know. I'm not sure what I would pay for that. Uh, pre-pandemic, right now I'd pay nothing for it, but pre-pandemic, I think that would be worth a lot of money to me because Eyes Wide Shut is like one of my favorite movies of all time. I never saw it in theaters, but I wish they did that. <clears throat> But wouldn't you would would you rather see it on Blu-ray or film? Ah, uh, it doesn't matter to me. I, I, I don't. Mean, I mean, I don't it's one of those things. You know that they've they've got that film. I mean, could you be like, hey, we want to do this? Uh, you know, I'm just saying hypothetically. If you went to like a small, like a locally owned theater, and you're like, how much will it cost to get this movie for three days? I want to rent out the theater and I want to watch it. I mean, I'm not Kanye West, Poppy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be like, hey, can you guys overnight the film from hey. from Kubrick, Kubrick's granddaughter so that I can watch a personal showing? I'm like, man, I've got to be. That's some private I mean, jet shit right there. That, oh that, yeah, that sounds awesome. I have a Blu-ray, and I would pay them to play it for me. <laughs> I just, I just I love think, the, I love the idea of like, well, uh. We don't we don't have we don't have the AV cables to hook up the Blu-ray to the projector. <laughs> I'll I will provide them with a Blu-ray play. I'll bring my PlayStation in. I'll provide them with everything. Just let me sit there and watch this on a big screen. It'll, it'll I'll do anything like, I I'll do anything I need to do. It'll be like fifty inches. It'll be like this little tiny box on this huge screen. <laughs> yeah, that would suck so bad. Yeah. I think you I think the move is you just rent it. You rent you rent the theater for whatever they got. And then when you show up, you do the classic Vegas hotel move and you slap, slap a little change down. How about now? Can I watch my DVD? How about now? I think what would actually solve my problem is if I got an Oculus and then did the movie theater setting and then watched Eyes Wide Shut like I'm in a movie theater. I think that might be the fix. Yeah, you can but, do it as many times as you want then. Otherwise, I'm just shelling out 20 after 20 for them to be like, I think he's, I think he's really <laughs> wanting to do this. <laughs> JT, you got anything? I do. 
What you got? And it all, it all makes total sense. So when he wrote The Shining, The Shining is about, basically about himself going through his, his struggles at the time period. Um, and what he doesn't like about it is that the pacing is entirely wrong, meaning the beginning of the movie, you are already looking at Jack Nicholson's character as being an unhinged man, just right. waiting, waiting to explode. You're not seeing somebody who is actually a good man and the hotel changes him. So that's, so that's you don't get to watch him, watch him become a psycho. You, yes, right. Yes. Gotcha. So the, that makes sense. The movie is showing him as a, like, that's just who this guy is. And now you're going to see him wreak havoc on his family. Cause that's not <clears> what the book is. Also, spoiler alert, the ending of the movie is entirely different. He didn't like that he has no shot at redemption because the story is essentially about himself overcoming his addictions and getting his family back. So when Jack Nicholson's character just dies frozen, there's no redemption for him. Yeah. So that's another thing that makes it kind of personal, uh, but also changes the entire ending of what is a heralded book as well. Um, and uh, one of the biggest things is he really did not like how uh, the mom, Wendy, Shelley Duvall's character was handled because it just makes her seem like a, like a babbling, hysterical, weak woman. And that's not the character in the book at all. You know, so there, there's just like a lot of a lot of things that don't do justice to the book. But Stanley Kubrick did a good job making it look really good. And in like, so he's always been a very visual director. That is his entire thing is how things look and the emotion that it creates while doing that. Like it just Stephen King didn't like the changes that he made. Yeah, I think I think that that time period for me, like it, it was released, like well, I have it here, nineteen eighty maybe. Yeah, nineteen eighty. It was released in eighty, so it was filmed in the late seventies, obviously. Uh, that is my favorite looking time period for film, like how it. Something about how it looks like whether it's the camera they're using something about it i think that is the golden age of like stuff looking really good like i think blu-rays the the point of them for me is like those late 70s early 80s movies i think it looks so cool yeah. uh with with that like it just looks so good his just attention to detail and like setting like just the symmetry of him just the things he does and just magic i love it so much all right yeah. shining good good pick and I love that. I love that the idea of like Stephen King saying, "Oh, the movie's nothing like the book." It can still be someone. It's probably a lot of people's favorite, like a lot of people's favorite scary movie. Yeah, and it's definitely good. I, I've been watching it for years. Like I said, 
you know, I probably saw it for the first time when I was like four or five years old. Um, and I've always just been. You watch The Shining at four? Yeah, man. Oh. My sister, my sister used to make me watch <clears throat> scary movies at a very early age, but that's also why I've always loved them, but I've never, never feared them. You know, I was, like, I was trying to kill ants with a magnifying glass at four. Nah, so I there was, was no, there was no Stephen King happening here. <laughs> yeah. I was watching stuff way, way early. Um, which is why, uh, I've always, I've always loved it. All right, um, Miz, you're next on my screen. Hey, man. This is tough. I think uh, the most artistic, scary movie of our time is um, the Scream series, Ghostface. Yes. Actually, yes. I'm totally kidding. I thought you guys would laugh. You think I that's scary? I love Scream. Hey, no, fuck it. Hey, I'm going I'm to take it, Miz. I'm going to go first before you. I just wanted to say that the word Ghostface for the bad guy. My favorite scary movie? I'm going to go first. I'm going to snake it. Mine's Scream. <laughs> It is an really? abs. Yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, I thought yours was. Uh, I know what you did last summer or whatever it is. I think that's the shitty scream. Mine is either mine. Yeah. It, it's scream or midsummer for real, but probably scream. I mean, I think, I think scream is the perfect <laughs> homage to all of that stuff. But I could watch scream a thousand times in a row and never get bored. I'll have to give it another it chance. Over and over and over. It's so good. Don't go. Scream Two is still fine. Then they start going off the rails. It's not good. Yeah, it, it's but it does every it does every horror movie trope. It does, it's it's everything that you've learned from. I mean, it's Wes Craven, but maybe it's everything that you've learned from all the scary movies just popped into an hour and a half, and it's like it's just done. In my opinion, it's done perfectly. Maybe I'm confusing it with. Uh the other one that you said is a shitty version. I thought I was going to say that and you guys are going to laugh and immediately Poppy goes, fuck yeah. And you go, I'm taking it. No, Scream is, <laughs> Scream is definitely mine. I mean, I think it's, no, I think. Scream, Scream um, one is brilliantly written because it is written from Wes Craven's point of view of how one of the genres that he started has become ridiculous over the years. And for him yeah. to like take a, a second spin on it uh, and and write it like that was was pretty pretty great. Now, well, he like he, likes, he does everything. He like does the scary stuff. He mocks the genre that he helped create. Which it's mm -hmm. everything that you would want from that, in my opinion. Like it's fucking brilliant. You got to watch it again. Yeah. Is all right. Yeah, I'll it, give it another so shot. Good. It, it's actually it's done really really well. Um, it looks exactly how the '90s looks. So, you know, that's kind of kind of what you're going to get. Uh, there's a hell of a Don't Fear the Reaper cover in it. All right. Very, this uh, is true. Back in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if, if you needed a reason to be back in, that's one of the reasons. But, uh, yeah, it's done. It's done really well. It is a movie that should have stopped at one, though. It would have been a hell of a of a like single standalone movie. But, you know. Hollywood's going to be Hollywood. And once they saw the ghost face was a marketable bankable. Ghostface uh, looks like a Scooby-Doo villain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, because that's what it's supposed to look like. It was just yeah. a mask bought in a Halloween store. But it has like Michael Myers, but it does all the things like it has a mystery of who done it. It has yeah. the slashy stuff. 
it has like obviously making fun of the genre, but it only works because Wes, Wes Craven's the director. So he's allowed to make fun of the genre. Obviously he helped create it. Yeah. It, it's, it's everything you would want put into one small package. Yeah. And All it right. is very Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's like jokey, but horror, but it's everything. It's fucking wow. awesome. I'm going to give her another go. Think of it as clueless and with murder. I'll, and I'm, yeah. On the next podcast. Mark, I want to hear. I, I want to hear Mark's. Have, yeah. And I, and I right. have something to, I have a little derailment after, after everybody goes. <laughs> okay. Um, Go I want to say Friday the 13th, because I rewatched literally all of them during the pandemic, even like the later era ones. But my wife and I watched the original Halloween on Friday, which I have not seen in a long time. Um, and I'm going to say that I think, I think it came out in 78 or 79. So just something about it um, is just so creepy because I don't, I don't really know much about the sequels and stuff. And I know I saw some of the remakes later, like I saw the Rob Zombie remake later, but the original just based off of uh, this could happen, somebody escaping from a mental ward or whatever. And it's, it's just shot really creepy and, Something about that is like it could be a real thing as opposed to a lot of the horror movies I grew up on and stuff like kind of a supernatural element, you know? Um, yeah, there's no real supernatural element to that one. Um, I personally think that the way that it's shot is incredible. It's as cool. good. It's as good as The Shining is to a degree because the funny thing is, is is that movie, how the original Halloween, is shot about four blocks where from where Pure Noise is located. It's really? shot in pa- yeah, it's shot in Pasadena, California, in very much the downtown area, but how the where the uh, like the residential connects to the downtown area yeah. in that corridor. So that is the exact same area, and they spent the entire movie trying to keep palm trees out of the shots because it's supposed to look like the Midwest. Um, supposed to be and it does. Take a it flight. It does look like the Midwest. Yeah. Take yeah. a flight. Um, Fly somewhere and film it. But uh, I think that that's what I like about it, is I, I think it looks like where you live, mm-hmm. like where most people grew up Look like that's just what their neighborhood looks like. And the fact that, like, it's just this deranged madman. You, the thing that I hate about horror, about modern horror movies, is they want to give you the backstory of why somebody is the bad guy. Yeah, I don't want to know why he's bad. I would just want to see him wreak havoc. Knowing why somebody's bad gives it a weird sympathetic feel to it. I don't want to sympathize with Michael Myers. I want to get the fuck away from him. I feel like whenever there's a remake of a <coughs> classic horror, they always try to have that weird sympathy thing in there. Like you find out why he's deranged or something. That, that's yeah. like the classic ad. Well, I think, I think that also like the, I mean, Halloween, you got Texas Chainsaw, yeah. all those. That small, I think, I think technology is the enemy of horror films. Like no technology makes things like more like, when you can't CGI a monster coming out of the ground, it makes you like put a knife in a guy's hand. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, 
it just makes it more like I don't know relatable in a in a bad way like the tech like the weird there's like weird shots and it's like kind of grainy like everything about yeah when you can't that, see it as well and everything about that yeah. period of film is set up for awesome horror and that's why now they're like always dying to like I don't know just like have some CGI fucking witch come out of the wall and be like bah! like it's just so dumb now it's way scarier to just see like a person walking down the street with a knife. Like that's way scarier than a CGI monster. Yeah, well, there's so, I, there's so many I shots in the, in the original we watched, like just the shots of like him from across the street and they show behind him and he's just watching them. Yep. And it's just yeah. so creepy, you know? Like Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw has a vibe. If there yeah. wasn't one horror scene in that movie, like no blood, no nothing, it would still probably have the same effect. Cause it's You'd just still be scared weird. to go to the country in Texas. Yeah, you just wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't want to go in that house because that yeah. dinner is weird. Like it, it just has like a feel to it because of how it's filmed and how the the acting's kind of weird. Like everything about it's just a little yeah. off. And I think that like, <clears throat> that is just cooler than jump scares every time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But like, I think the idea of things being boring is is exciting to me like i feel like if you were to try to watch if you if you show somebody now and try to have them understand that like it's the it's the absence and the isolation that creates the tension they would just want stuff to happen and it's not right i think midsummer i think midsummer is the perfect example that movie is way longer than it should have been. But that reason where they sit on a camera angle for like three minutes when it should have been 25 seconds, it builds a fever pitch throughout the entire movie that, that makes you feel weird. Like yeah. you're like, I'm not used to see this is weird. What are we looking at? And it makes you feel bizarre. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a perfect example because that movie, it should have been shorter, but I'm glad I'm glad it's not because that's the whole tension of the movie is those weird camera angles that they have and they just sit there and look at nothing. Yeah, I I liked, I'm about 80% on that movie um, for that reason. I liked the way that it was shot. I liked the colors. I liked most of the storyline. It got a little bit too into that weird Suspiria uh supernatural weird european thing which is like oh shit now comes the orgy that sort of thing <laughs> yeah, yeah like you know yeah. what i mean like if you like if you cut a couple things out i would have liked it a lot more but like it just it had it had the parts that i don't like of classic movies in it you know, like you're just watching and you're like, oh man, now here comes this fucking weird rape scene. Like, right. I, I ain't into the rape scene, man. We If we cut that thing out, then you got a perfect horror movie, that sort of thing. Right, but even that, um, after the, all those weird, like drawn out things, even that has more impact. Like, it's just like, you're like, this is too fucked. And then you're like, oh my God, we have 45 minutes left. Oh God, where do we go from here? Like, it's just weird. It just feels yeah. weird. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's the, maybe I'm a freak because Eyes Wide Shut's kind of the same. You basically, expl you described Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah. maybe I'm maybe um, I'm fucked up. What's uh, yours, JT? Mine is back to Halloween really quickly. I think that that is the that's one of the most perfect specifically Halloween time movies. So that's what time period it's based about. But uh, so that's not just a horror movie to me. That is an entirely like it's so like that's a that's a a, a holiday movie which is hilarious to think about it that way. But like, it makes you think of that exact thing during that exact time of year. And I think that that's pretty special. You see the pumpkins everywhere you see, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, that is a great traditional movie, but it also started like the slasher genre. So like, there's a lot of great things to like about it. Um, Mine, as far as just full-blown horror, would be um, Nightmare on Elm Street because I just, I think Freddy went from being super scary to also super funny and, like, badass in, like, 80s, um, which I think developed an entirely different genre of horror movies, which was, like, horror comedy. Um and like it always had like a killer soundtrack. I think it was like time in my life sort of thing. I just, when I first saw the original Nightmare on Elm Street, I saw it in the year that it came out, which I think was 1984. Um, Keep talking, so I'll, like, I'll, I'll fact check you. Yeah, I think it's 84. So I either saw it in 84 or 85. Um, or maybe 83, I can't remember. So I, I'm just trying to think of like, like I would have been like maybe five or six years old when I watched it. So I was fucking scared. Pick a month, pick a month. When uh, do you think it came out? I Give saw me. it in the, in the summer. So I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say it came out in March, but I saw it in like July. It was released November 16th of 1984. So I probably saw it the following summer. The following summer, summer. yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, and it was just, you know, playing at one of my uh, one of my parents, actually my uncle's house. Uh, he had kids as well, and we're, like, all staying there and, like, having, like, a movie night. And I don't think they understood how how scary that would be to people our age and man like i wouldn't i wouldn't go to the bathroom by myself that night uh because you know that whole movie is based on if you go to sleep he is going to find you in your dreams and that's why i think it's it's, it's so a, impactful it's a genius you have premise. To sleep. yeah you have to sleep man everybody has to sleep so uh but also like it, it didn't it didn't become like as weird as the other ones like it it did this hard pivot in nightmare on elm street 3 where he just became like he would like make fun of you before he killed you and then he just started using the word bitch out of nowhere <laughs> and then they kept fitting the word bitch into his delivery in each of the movies so um i just think it's funny i think I, that like i think works. as a as a film idea it is, by the way, all four of us named like my top four, which is cool. But 
as a film idea, Nightmare on Elm Street, if you are a kid, which I was not when I saw it, but if you are a kid and you watch that, and then you think that that night when you go to sleep, that that's possible in real life, then that movie has the ability to alter your own reality. That is the, that is the cream of the crop of horror. Like that to yeah. me is like, that's it. Like if you see that as a six-year-old and you don't want to go to sleep because this guy in a movie you just saw is going to kill you in your sleep, that's messing with you in real life after the movie's gone. That's way better than any, like that's the best horror movie premise you could possibly yeah. want. Yeah, definitely. And that's that, that, that to me is the difference between Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Because that does stay with you. Like, Halloween is, is I think it's a super cool genre building franchise, which is really one through three. Are, are all pretty good movies, one being by far the best. But, like, how many times can he come back on Halloween, for God's sakes? You know <laughs> right. what I mean? It starts, it starts to become that. It's a very good initial movie. Mm. Um, and then, you know, you're trying to, like, build on it. Whereas you start to think the same thing about Jason Voorhees. How many times are... How many times can the campers keep going back to the same camp where they get killed every year? Shut right. this motherfucker down. Right. The no regulations. You can't be like, okay, yeah. we're nah, two dude. years in. Uh, shit goes down. We need to figure this out. Nah, dude, they figured it out. Then he went to New York. That's what happened. <laughs> Eventually they had to move the camp to New York and then they had to move the camp to space. But oh, like space the thing was of, awful. The so thing bad. about Freddie is you really just had to you had to figure out how to bring him back because you're still dreaming, baby. Every day, every night, you got to go to sleep. So he's always back. We just got to figure out how to bring him back into your dreams and how to, how to not kill him. Whereas, you know, eventually they had to bring some sort of weird supernatural element into Halloween, which is that, that was not the intent in part one because you didn't need it. He's just this deranged guy that escaped that you know wanted to wreak havoc on his sister or whatever so the best thing about nightmare on elm street is imagine you're a six-year-old you watch this movie and it's a slasher movie like it just is and then you go to sleep that night and you're scared and you eventually fall asleep and you dream and say freddy is in your dream like in some like you're at the mall with freddy there is a chance that that thing could go from slasher to psychological thriller that next day when you wake up. Like it has yeah. a carryover that could, that is, it's more interesting than a guy with a knife. But guy with a knife, I'm always, that's cool too. Like the slasher yeah. thing is cool. I just don't like it when they, when they add technology in, I'm out. Like I think that's- Yeah, the, the opposite, the funny thing, and I would consider the main three characters are Michael Meyer, Freddy, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, and Jason Voorhees. Those are the three in the genre. Those are the three main people. You know, you got Leatherface, but like, he's actually like a babbling idiot with a chainsaw. So not not that cool when, once you think about it. The original movie is great. Part two is borderline unwatchable unless you want to be like laughing at it. Um, 
but like those three people, you one, you you got the setting is the most important thing. So you're in a neighborhood. Everybody lives in a neighborhood. So I don't I don't know if people like that live in New York City and Brooklyn find that to be scary whatsoever because it's just <laughs> they might be terrified of the neighborhood. They connect yeah, more with safe. Home Alone too. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, like, uh, then you got Friday the 13th. It's all about the summer camp in the woods. You know, so that's the, uh, that's that setting. And anybody who's ever, you know, camped out or anything like that, like, you know, that's terrifying to you. And then Nightmare on Elm Street's all about, like, just a regular neighborhood, but all in your dreams. So I think the settings are, are the most differentiating factors of those films. I was never into Hellraiser because I think that that's, that's way too sci-fi for me. Like you open a box and this dude with fucking pins all oh, over pinhead. his head comes Pinhead's, out. And then you got this squad. Yeah. Then you got those weirdos that are like chittering and throwing CDs at you and stuff. <laughs> it's like, pinhead is the coolest uh, looking one of those guys though. Yeah. But he, and the, he's, He's super cool looking if he never said a word and you didn't see anybody else. If you just saw him stand there, you'd be like, dude, I'm not into this. But then he talks and he's like, well, listen, Marianne. You know, like he just has this weird like British, he's like an English guy drinking tea that like is going to tell you about the dark passage and stuff like that. It's, it's like not scary to me. I don't, I'm not going to end up in that box. There's no way. Right. Yeah. It kind of, it, all the stuff that made the other stuff real, it did the other thing. Yeah. The weirdest thing, and Poppy is probably like writhing in his seat because he's a creep. He's probably loves Pinhead because uh, Hellraiser's all about the, the, the pleasures of the flesh and stuff like that. And that's, that's fucking just creep shit. Poppy, I am do you surprised. Like Hellraiser? Do not like Hellraiser. I'm surprised it's Poppy great. didn't say Leprechaun. Well, in the hood? <laughs> Definitely not. Leprechaun won. <laughs> no thanks. Jennifer An- Jennifer Aniston's not not acting her best in <laughs> Leprechaun won. Uh, that was a, that's a misstep. Poppy, you scared of Chucky? My what? You are you scared of Chuck? Are you scared of Chucky? Child's play dog. I don't I don't think so. I probably only watched I probably only watched it once and I didn't like it. Child's Play is a good movie. I tried to watch it last night and you have to pay for it, so I didn't. Afraid of it? I don't know. Are you sure it's not on Netflix or something? I checked on Amazon. I didn't I didn't really search it out. It said it was on Amazon, but it's the 2019 version. I was like, "Oh." Then I was like, "I want to watch the original and it wanted to charge me 3.99." I did not partake. Hmm. But I'm sure, of, I'm sure it's somewhere. Speaking yeah. of movies that went on and on, how many Saws did they do? Like, I, I get the first one. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan, but I get like, oh, that's a thing. And then next thing you know, there's like 10 of those things, right? Oh, yeah. There's like 10 movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, another one for me I, that I just thought of when you mentioned that is Hostel. I think Hostel's great. But it's more of like a yeah. gross-out horror movie. It's not like but I think it's really good. And I still have 
when we go to Prague on tour, Hostel just runs through my brain. Yes. Like, it's just yeah. like, oh, yes. shit. Like, mm-hmm. that's all. When I, uh, Prague is like the prettiest place, coolest place I've ever been in my life. But boy, does it have a vibe when you've seen Hostel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It just looks like that. So I tread yeah. lightly. I tread lightly in Prague. There will be no, uh, hey, want to go grab food at one in the morning? No, I do not. The buddy I, system. I, I don't <laughs> tread lightly in Prague. <laughs> yeah, you do not. But I do. I go, I go all out in Prague, baby. Anywhere, I, I'll have, I have a theory. Anywhere that we've been multiple times where we go to that bridge every time we're there. Yep. Anytime where we have a destination that's next to a torture museum, I tread lightly. <laughs> Definitely. That's my rule. Um, I've always really liked this time of year because of that, though. Like I said, I grew up a, a horror fan, but like you don't realize that, like, since you're always on tour, it does change you. And we, we haven't really seen Halloween, the holiday, how it's intended for years because you're always like, dude, are we going to finally dress up for Halloween on stage? And it's like, no, nobody wants to see that shit, man. <laughs> right. Nobody wants, to, nobody wants to pay $25 for a ticket and then you show up to some weird costume party that you didn't pay for. You know, like, so you get a band up there, like, dressed as, I don't know, just... Kiss. Basic, basically... <laughs> dressed as what they could buy at Dollar General that day in the mask department. You know what I mean? Like, like, hi, we're dressed as what Walmart had earlier today. Yes, exactly. Like, I don't know. We've always been pretty anti-dressing up on stage. Here's the thing. It's, okay, your set time. Imagine we're opening up for a band and we get 30 minutes set. That, the joke of you walking out in a costume is the only time there's a ha-ha. And then it's over. And then you have to play for 30 minutes. And the joke has, the joke has already been gone. It's, it was yes. funny for a moment when you said, hey, we're Kiss. And then people were like, oh, they're dressed as Kiss. And then people went, okay, then, now they're then you're in the Yeah, <laughs> then you're in the Kiss. venue bathroom. You're in the venue bathroom trying to wash all that makeup off. Yeah, hey, yeah. here's the thing, though. You, you dress up as Kiss, you fucking play Kiss for the night. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Yeah. It, I think it's something that's, for the internet, it's perfect. You know, like, if we're doing, like, a live internet show and we uh, we could dress as Kiss and rehearse the Kiss songs or Misfits or something, that's kind of cool. But if you're just going to dress, I don't know, like fucking clowns and then come out and we're going to play Ohio's for Lovers... <laughs> dressed as clowns it's it just doesn't have an impact well and it like forces you to like walk out on stage and be like hey we're killer clowns from outer space like it makes you like not even want to say your band name because you're trying to like you're trying to like play this thing that's not this that you're character not, that you're not really even playing the character really <laughs> i mean you're just dressing like a dickhead for a minute like that's all you're really doing because you found a costume for no no money yeah, and then like you know, in the van, you're like, "Do you know it'd be funny?" And then, then it got out of hand, and then you actually did it, and then it was only funny for eleven seconds. You know, one of my favorite, my all-time favorite uh, merch gags, or sorry, not merch gags, uh, tour <laughs> gags, 
on Halloween night, or in some even leading up to Halloween night, is the old, I'm the merch guy and I got Halloween candy and I'll trade you for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the old merch guy trick. The Do you mer think? Merch, merch guys rule because it's almost, it's like clearly like carny games. They're, <laughs> they're always trying to just like, remember when we would see bands uh, who just didn't know any better and the band and the, the merch guys were like handing out the band's posters yeah. for a tip. Yep. Like shit like that. Like that's an old carnival trick, man. You gotta keep the you gotta keep the crew on lockdown. They can't merch, be merch trading guys, away your merch. Merch guys are the the real entrepreneurs of the industry. They will There's sell some great ones. they will sell a merch guy will sell a a lock of a lock of the singer's hair for four bucks. I mean, they will do, <laughs> they will do anything for money. They will do anything. One one time, my band played a show with Reggie and the Full Effect, and we didn't even give the merch guy stickers. We just had stickers for sale on our table. And I saw them play with uh, like the Vagrant Tour with like Alkaline Trio and From Autumn to Ashes at Bogarts. Like two weeks later, and they had a leave a tip take a sticker pen and there was like four story changes stickers in the box yeah it's like you asshole making something out of nothing baby that's entrepreneurial spirit yeah, yeah. dude stole, wild he stole them <laughs> all right so what's your favorite all-time scary character just real quick just go around the line i done told you ghost face <laughs> ghost face okay mine's freddie but my mine's freddie by far i think I just think he has the most personality, which I like. That's what keeps me coming back. His personality keeps me coming back. Yeah, mine is also Freddy. I think it's a perfect character. It it has the, it has the scary stuff. It has the psychological stuff. It has the backstory stuff. It has humor, which is important in horror. Um, that's where I think I love the Rob Zombie horror stuff, but I think it loses. The humor part is part of the genre to me. Yeah. Um, I think it goes into the gruesome part. Like that's the same with Hostile and stuff. It just goes straight to the gruesome, which makes it a little different than like that late 70s, 80s horror stuff. I think the humor is important. and um, The campiness. I think that's part of, that's part of the, the charm. But mine is definitely Freddy. Poppy, who you got? Uh, Michael Myers. I think he looks badish. I mean, he looks like a badass. I don't know. He kind of lost me in Austin Powers, but I see what yeah. you mean. It was pretty, pretty hard pivot, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he, he's 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 pretty badass. Definitely. Uh, I'm gonna go with with Freddy, Freddy or Jason, but I'm gonna go with Freddy just because of the the dialogue aspect. And I, I'm looking as like the arc of longevity through all the movies. There's just more there. There's more substance. Yeah. Did you ever see Freddy versus Jason? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It's fucking like I was I wasn't expecting much because it was a later era kind of thing, but uh, I thought it was pretty good. I have two yeah. movies. I have two movies in my history that I've seen multiple times in the theater while they're in theaters. One of which is Freddy versus Jason. I saw it like five times in the theater. Loved it. Um, and then the other one is Road to Perdition. I have no idea why I watched that more than once in the theater, but I did. <laughs> Yeah, I watched uh, Freddy vs. Jason, I'm not joking, like at least six times. 
in the theater. Me, I remember when, when that came out, me and you were just texting back and forth, like, I'm going again. We yeah, just kept going like, back. Well, that was like, you, you know, the perfect example of your childhood coming back. Uh, and they did a really good job with it. So yeah, it's it was like, good. you know, that could have been terrible. My favorite thing is in the first, this is where Wes Craven just gets it. In the first five minutes of the movie, they're on the dock and they just get naked for no reason. Yeah. And jump in the water. That is the most horror movie trope. Like, oh, let's let's go skinny dipping at midnight in the first minute of the movie. And I'm like, yep, this is it. This is it right here. Like that is just that campiness and just stupid, like, oh, let's just get them naked and have them skinny dip. Why not? Like that kind of yeah, thing. I mean, that is so horror movie. Why would let me take off our clothes and jump in the water at the camp where everyone has died in the last yeah. 30 years or something. Oh, weird. There's a lake with like a weird amount of fog right above the thing. We should just get naked and jump in. Let's go. So, yeah, I it's love It's wild that. times. Uh, uh, go ahead. The weather sucks right now. I wish that, uh, like, la I'm not joking, man. Last year during Trick or Treat, I was so excited to be able to to hand out candy and like, you know, see the kids in their costumes and everything like that. And it was miserable. It was absolutely miserable. What about yeah. um, favorite Halloween candies to get and to give out? And I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear no, oh, I only hand out king size Milky Ways at my house or something like that. Ain't nobody that rich in our band. I know well, that. This year, I'm handing out hand sanitizer. <laughs> you know what I saw? I will spread, I, I'll put a basket out there, and then when a kid, I'll have it hooked up, plugged into the wall, and when it, it's on honor system, because I don't want to get anybody sick or whatever. And then the second they, it's going to be on a weighted system. When they pull out a candy bar, it changes the weight, and they get a spray of Lysol right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> if I can make like a honey, I shrug the kids contraption just yeah. to just nail a kid right in the face with Lysol. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to go this year. Uh, at last I heard um, Troy is having their trick-or-treat, and it's on the 29th, I believe, because they don't do Fridays and Saturdays. They think those are more dangerous times than uh, – throughout the week for some reason. I guess maybe everybody gets shit hammered drunk on only Fridays and Saturdays. Um, I, bet there's, I so, bet there's stats that say there's more drinking and driving on Friday nights. I think there's probably more people out driving in general. Yeah. Like, let's pretend that there is also drunk driving, but I think there's just more cars in general. I think that's why they do it. But, yeah. like... I don't want it to, I also don't want it to be like a traumatic experience. I don't want to be like wearing rubber gloves, handing out candy and some kids like remembrance, remembers that for the rest of their life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know this. I went up to this one house. It was real surgical. Hey, uh, I think, I think it's only fair. It's only fair that they get this. These kids have everything. I'm going to be old man right now. These kids got it all. They got the internet at their fingertips. They got it all. We had to deal with, no suckers because somebody could put a razor blade in them and shit. I want them to smell their basket of candy after their parents just doused it, <laughs> doused it with 90% alcohol. I, I want them to feel the pain yeah, that I we, felt as a child. We were, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. And I think that, that 
that's as far as fake news went when we were growing up. Like everybody was acting like every single town in America, there was people putting razor blades in like freaking candy bars and stuff like that. Do you remember, uh, you're a little bit younger, so I don't know if it translated into into your life or not, but Poppy and Mark would definitely remember that like certain, you had, you had regular parents who were like, ah, it's just, if you're going to go out there and get it, just eat it. Who gives a shit? We'll deal with it if you're eating razor blades. And then you had part two who were the people that were, they would literally bake their, the uh, candy. Bake it? What? Yes. What? You, you don't remember that? That didn't happen right. around you? No. I remember the scare. And then, and then you had part three where the people would actually take it to the hospital or to the police station and they would x-ray it. They would bring in an x-ray machine. <laughs> I, I'm I not remember joking. that. Well, I never, they, they never did that, but I remember that was a thing. All right. Yeah, okay. they would have okay. it actual x-ray machine so so we're talking we're talking craziness right now because okay so i have on this that's that's absurd now nobody thought of a metal detector nobody no no, no. did did you ever see any parent ever do that like did, did any of your friend's parents actually ever do any of that fake news def- yes definitely yeah, saw news. people now they would definitely take it to the police station and they would just run your bag through. It took like seconds. You just run your bag through their metal detector or their X, X-ray machine. I can't remember what it was, but it's probably just a metal detector searching I think for. I think, I think it's. I think it's urge, urban legend. Uh, no, so, it happened. So baking the candy. What does that do? Melt it down. So that way they can find if there's something inside of it. Is that what they're talking uh, yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what happens. Which just uh, ruins I, your candy. Yeah, just ruins. Yeah. Hey, get some fucking gloves and hand out candy. Like uh that's bullshit. If your parents, if you lived in that sort of household, come over. I've got a hug for you and a fucking bag of Reese cups, man. Reese's cups. Sorry. Reese, we got uh, he's he's back. We've got hey, it recorded, off. baby. Hey, fuck you. So anyway, I got one more thing to say. Me and Marley talked about this yesterday when we were driving around because it's this time of year. Yo, you like cats and dogs? You like bingo? You like Hawthorne Heights? Well, this is for you. We made a t-shirt with our pets on it to commemorate Pet Pam on Bingo Night. Buy that t-shirt and join us on Thursday night for a hell of a time. Brought to you by HawthorneHeightsStore.com and Reese's PCs. Is it an urban legend when people rake their leaves and rake them onto the side of the street? Did putting a brick or some sort of like hell yeah okay is that real that's real that's real yeah but like did it ever happen did anybody ever witness like that happen or like because it was like people driving through their leaves or jumping in their piles of leaves like 
did anybody ever see that happen or is that just an urban legend that we just literally i'm telling my son about and i will he remembers i will tell you this if i would have been the type of person that would drive through a big pile of leaves like i still think that sounds fun yeah fuck yeah and and i know that there are people that would not be fans of that and figure out Mm -hmm. a way to fuck up my car for wanting to do Mm -hmm. that so I will almost guarantee that that's right. Now, my, my favorite urban legend is, remember when you found out that uh, if somebody had their lights on or lights off and you flashed them, it could, oh, yeah. be, it could be a gang member I, that's it's there. A, it's, it's their initiation. <laughs> You're the hit. That is totally fake. Like that, yeah. That's my favorite urban legend. That like well, never happened. So, so yesterday, me and Marley are driving around. He's driving, and I'm just in the passenger passenger side. And there is this beautiful pile of leaves. And my first thought was, go fucking through these and immediately he said i will never forget that you told me about people putting bricks under the pile of leaves because he he was gonna do the same thing he was gonna drive right through it so my thought is it's some asshole some guy who just he's shaking his fist get the fuck off my yard kind of guy he's that guy yeah and he's and he he's an he's an asshole like it doesn't matter like he's just a dick. He's right, the but guy so that, is the person that drives through the leaves. Me and yeah, they're both they're both assholes, but one's more fun. <laughs> yeah, one is definitely more fun. <laughs> the guy that's gonna put a brick in his leaves is the guy who's gonna give you bullshit candy. Or yeah, he if he even hands out candy, he's giving you bullshit candy and a lecture. It's the guy handing out oyster crackers. You're like fucking fuck asshole. Dude. Come on, <laughs> yeah. give give just go by. Almond Joys, Mounds, Reese's Cups. They're sealed. Hand them out. Fun size. Get your goddamn hands in there. Have a good time. Pig out. My like favorite my size. favorite Halloween candy. This is going to be stupid. I know you're going to think it's dumb. Sixlets. I fucking love oh those. Oh, my God. They're so good. Sixlets are awesome. It's like the, <laughs> the quintess. It's like if M&Ms, if M&Ms were better, they'd be Sixlets. Man, that's a that's a day drinking phrase. I'm not buying that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not they're buying a, the six. They're a texture. Man. They're a texture person's dream. There's something weird going on in there. There's definitely something weird about them. I'd be super happy getting anything in the uh, M&M Mars pack. So anything like a uh, like a Milky Way or a Freaking almond joy, a Snickers, a Butterfinger, and anything like that is totally fine with me. But I'm also happy with uh, with just like a little thing of Skittles. You guys like you guys as children liked almond joy. That was the one that everybody was. I That's that an was old like, person's one for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was like an old person. Candy. I do like it. I do is like almond it. is almond joy the dark chocolate <laughs> or milk chocolate? Or is uh, one without describe nuts? describe what you think an almond joy is. Poppy. Well, I know one has nuts, one doesn't. But isn't <laughs> but isn't one also? I'll give you the guess of which one doesn't have nuts. Uh, almond joy has nuts, mounds don't. That's the theme song. <laughs> but, okay, so but do you so, know why? Uh, do oh, I know why? No. Yeah, because it's called almond joy. It's got Almonds. an almond. Oh shit! It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were going to get gold from that. <laughs> anyway, Almond Joy fucking rule. 
Mounds is the dark chocolate one. They are not yeah. good. I, I because it's dark chocolate. Now I I don't even know if I can even eat those, but I still wouldn't because almond joy was so sub- superior. So you would say almond joy rules. Mounds don't. <laughs> Maybe. That's how the song goes. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it either. I like both of them. It, it's a coconut thing. If you don't like coconut, then yeah. you, you're yeah. out. You're yeah. fully and I, out. And, but. I, and I've always loved coconut and candy. I've always loved coconut. It really, I think that you, do, you as far as, as Halloween candy goes, you, you're on one side of the coin or the other. Are you a chocolate person or are you a fruity candy person? Chocolate, yeah. baby. Shock, chocolate for sure. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna give it to you, Poppy. Reese cup by day. I want a sucker by night. So I'm like a fruity candy person that I want something to like just a Jolly Ranchers and stuff like that. That's yeah. night, but during the day, I just want to bash a, uh, a Reese's cup from the from the fridge. Marley's yeah. mom gave him a gave him a bag of fun size Reese's cups, and they're just sitting in my kitchen. And mm. I just drop them off, boy. If I if I was still eating that shit, man, I would have already killed that bag. Oh yeah, I, it's I'm they're a such a smash. Reese. I'm yeah, a fan so. of Reese's cup, especially if you put it in the freezer. Oh man, oh my god, the Reese's you know cup I, though that that is one candy that they keep messing with. And I mean, a lot of they get smaller this. and smaller. Well, they they're also they're like definitely small. We're putting they're like oh we're putting Reese we're putting Reese's pieces in the middle and it's like well, yeah but <laughs> but, but, yeah but you just took two things that are awesome and somehow made them both worse. Yeah, that's not that's not a good combination. No, it's they're worse than both of them separately, which is weird because you would think yeah. you would think uh, one plus one is two, but somehow one plus one is a half. Yeah. I want to. I want to know that. Like I've seen a couple recipes for them, and I'm not a baker, especially a candy maker. But <laughs> I, I love are this. Are you a butcher? <laughs> no, but I, I I want somebody to make me vegan Reese's, Reese's cups. Like I would love that so much. You can try to save it all you want. We know you're a Reese. <laughs> I am too. I am too. I was a Reese for probably 40 years. So it's like, it's like a dog not licking itself or something. Like I've got to be retrained. <laughs> well, I mean, you do, you did, you did admit you're not a candy maker. So we'll let this slide. Yeah. But yeah the, story, the story needs a little bit of introduction. Yeah. I don't the think re, so. The, the Reese's Reese story. Otherwise, people are just going to listen to that and they're not going to really understand what's happening. I think, I think it's the perfect, I think it'd be perfect for a monologue. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. I think it'd be a I'll perfect monologue. In. I'll work it in. Okay. Uh, all right. But if you want to explain um, now, it's fine too. It's up. No, no, no. I got a good idea now. That's that's all a right. good idea. That was inspirational. That was an inspirational uptick. Um, You're welcome. You're always my main inspiration for sure. <laughs> you give me, you give me exactly what I need to get by. Just a couple. Um, we just need a couple little pieces of whatever Poppy's thinking. <laughs> And then uh, the monologue just comes right off, right off of that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Does anybody, sure. does anybody have a Halloween story? I don't really have anything that I remember, but anything interesting or funny that's ever happened to you around Halloween? I've got one. 
Go. You ready for it? Yeah, let's, right. go. Oh, yeah. let's go. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the year. Sometime in the mid nineties. I was dating a dating a woman and uh we both loved I as most people you all know, I love Ernie from Sesame Street. And my girlfriend at the time really loved Elmo. And we were both creative young young lads. So I made an Ernie costume with a paper <laughs> paper mache head. <laughs> <laughs> he made a full body Elmo suit that zipped up. It was so fucking cool. Anyway, so we have a sh- my band has a show this night. So I'm playing in this I okay, so I would say that it was I would say it was probably 4 or 5 feet wide cuz Ernie has a big ass head. Anyway, I it's so much funnier because I can't see it. It's so much funnier because I can't see your face. I uh, I couldn't get through a doorway. <laughs> <laughs> because the head was so big, it was so wide that I had to turn sideways to walk through doors. But I played a full punk rock show in this Ernie head. And oh my God. But trying to walk through the first door when I like hit the, I was like, Oh, this is big. Um, but it, it was it was the last time I think I really dressed up for Halloween. But man, I went all out. I had enough that like lasted me for like the next twenty years of my life. It was so good. So you made the you made the head out of paper mache. Mm-hmm. We did. Uh, we used balloon. Like, so I used three balloons. One really big one. Two on the I side. I have to see a photo. Of this. Yeah, where is this? <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I will reach out to my friend Jenny. She took pictures of everything, and uh, I'll see if I can get one. I have a feeling, a paper mache Ernie head. I have a feeling I'm gonna have my new favorite horror character. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be creepy. And this is gonna be creepy, especially if it's taken with like a like a underwater throwaway camera. This is gonna be creepy. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to message her on Instagram right now and see if I can, cause I don't know where the hell she is anymore oh, and uh, see if I can get some, <laughs> some answers. We got a lot riding on this. I also I mean, love that you went with Ernie and I thought she was going to go with Bert. No, she went with Elmo. <laughs> no, fuck no. Bert sucks. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. I guess I guess I never thought about it like that. But his head isn't isn't Ernie's head tall or sorry, Bert's head tall, so he would have fit through a door. So maybe Ernie. Yeah. Sucks. Well, Ernie Ernie's awesome. Ernie's <laughs> awesome. Don't talk about don't okay. talk bad about the boy. I guess I never thought about it like that. <laughs> All right. Well, Poppy's gonna win. But does anybody else have anything? That might have always been pretty standard. You know, like. Yeah. One time I went to school dressed as Freddy Krueger and I thought that it was going to be so badass, but it was so annoying. <laughs> you know, just like the mask and the glove from the, from the store though and the sweater from the store. So nothing like crazy or anything, but like, man, having that damn mask on, you can't go. Like that was one of the biggest mistakes I think I made during my schooling. And that would have been it. Like I, I lived in Georgia when it happened so i wasn't even in west virginia yet so it would have been like fourth or fifth grade don't ever wear a mask to school man it sucks (laughs) i uh do you remember those like 
I mean, I loved them, but those like stupid, really light masks that were just the face and then had the yep. strap on the back. Yeah. Like that's what I grew up dre- like wearing those. I don't even, I don't even remember what I was dressed up as. Do you know what they're but, called? No, what? They're either called hairy, scary or scary, hairy masks because all it is, is a, it's a mold. Yeah. And then, and then they spray it with paint. And then they have the like curlyish hair <laughs> right. to it, right? You know, uh, I'll see if I can find some. But I was, I tools. was always like, dude, this year for Halloween when I was a kid, I was like, this year I'm gonna dress up as something fucking scary, and then I'm gonna go scare all the kids that are get like I was gonna be a badass twelve year old. And then I would go to Spencer's and look at those, look at those <laughs> masks, and the scary ones are like. They're on the top shelf and they're like 350 bucks. And I'm like, I was never, I never got one. It was always my dream to have one of those scary, scary masks. But nobody yeah, was willing, s- nobody was willing to shell out the 300 bucks so I could scare kids. No. Yeah, they're called scary, hairy masks. But they were just like That's- of anything. It was just like a part of a yep. costume kit. And it was yeah. just like the shittiest, the world's shittiest mask. I mean, now knowing how much things are, I bet like, I bet they were like twenty dollars, thirty, maybe fifty dollars. I don't know for the whole thing. I bet they those were a nickel to make. I mean, they were oh, the yeah. shitty. Ab- Absolutely, it was like worse material than a trash bag. It was like a tarp material. Like it was just the worst. Like a, like a plastic Buzz Lightyear suit with just a face. <laughs> yeah, so stupid. I remember, oh, I do have one. I had one, here's my one that I remember. I had a big foam Tasmanian devil, right? So it's, it was like your full, it was like the full body, like not all the way to my legs, but it was like one piece of foam and you put it over your head and put your arms through the holes. And then it had one of just like the face mask so it would line up to your eyes. And you put that in there and then you just had the Tasmanian devil. Like that was, (laughs) that was it. I gotta see if I can find it. But it was such a stupid costume. So, Miz, you got any? You got any killers? I can see you dressing up as Kurt Cobain for ten years in a row. That's what I see. <laughs> nah, I d- I did do that at that emo night party at the. Uh, oh yeah, you did. Yeah. For like, did it for like twenty minutes, and I was like, "This is annoying. I can't walk around with this wig on." <laughs> <Took it> right. off. <laughs> that was fun. Um, nothing crazy. We weren't allowed to wear them at school or anything. It was stupid. Um, I think I did probably some Star Wars crap at some point. Uh, Poppy and I one year on tour dressed up as Wayne's World, and it was really funny <laughs> until uh, we started playing, and I was like, "Oh wow, I got hair under this hat. I can rock out." And uh, it was great until the hair just kept getting caught in the guitar. <laughs> it, it was so hard. <laughs> I, I will yep. say that playing in the costume is is really difficult. Like. I, I'm actually trying to find an, an Ernie photo right now, and I just found uh, I dressed up as the mummy one time for a show, and it looked great until I started playing, and then like the mummy, like the rat just started falling apart, and then it just looked like shit. <laughs> I, I like that there's all these options of you playing shows and costume. I want like trading cards, Poppy Halloween trading cards. Well, this that wasn't even for Halloween, man. That was just a fucking punk rock show. We all dressed up as like different monsters. Movie monsters, yeah. And I was a just mummy. because, yeah. yeah. We were just the muzzies, man. We were we were badass. Hell yeah, dog. 
There's a, there's the one we all have tape on our nipples. Damn, dude. So basically, we were saying at the beginning, like, oh yeah, we were, we were not going to dress up for a show. That's so stupid. Poppy's like, I don't think I played a show not dressed up. Yeah, we're the only one holding <clears> him back. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 wearing I'm dressed up as Michael Myers for our show. Turns out, turns out, this in. whole time we could have had Dracula behind the drum kit every show. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny that'd be funny if you dressed up halloween costume for every show that would be wouldn't happen but it'd be fun. all right anybody else got any other halloween stuff or you want to want to wrap her up put a big bow on it let's put a let's put an orange bow on it yeah i i love halloween i truly do i think, do you, I think it's a great great time of year do you think this one do you put an asterisk next to this Halloween because it's going to be weirder? Probably. I like I mean, how we're uh, home for we're home for all this stuff, and it's all just weirder than it's ever been. Like for the first definitely. time ever, we're home for it, and it's definitely weirder. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Did anybody other than me see the um, Joe Biden save our stages ad? I saw it. I did not see it. Uh, it, it was nice to see somebody care about putting our little problem out into the world um it was uh the one that i saw was about um blind pig in ann arbor it was basically just the owner of the blind pig in his venue that is completely closed that has been there for for 50 years and just him talking about how nobody is offering anything or you know like pretending like this problem doesn't like exist that all of these music venues and bars across the country um are not getting any sort of like not only are they not getting any financial help because they're forced to close but they're also not getting any like just uh, help in what they should do or what they should plan for or anything like that. And this is, you know, one of the, one of the times that like big government doesn't care because they're saying, well, that's up to your governor, but your governor is not telling you anything either. So it's, uh, it's nice to at least see somebody in the political realm talking about this specific issue. And it was also cool that the Beastie Boys licensed their first song ever uh, for this, for the Save Our Stages movement. So that was kind of interesting. Um, well, on another, on another thing, the, uh, the final debate is here in Nashville and a bagel shop that we go to has been forced to close for a week because of that debate being across the street. Uh, so your so business just can't be open? They just because, aren't, uh, they're literally not allowed to be open because they're closing down the whole street and they it's in Belmont, which is like a college, but uh, they have told this shop that they have to close for five days, which if I'm the bagel shop, I'll be like, okay, well you go fuck yourself. Um, now I guess they can't do that. I'm sure they've already tried that method and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're not, he's not doing stave our bagels because <laughs> um, yeah. So what a disaster. I, th I think it goes back to, there's, it's stuff like this. I, I bet you everybody at some 
in some facet has fallen through the cracks on like some weird, like, like in our business, there's, there was a reason we couldn't get the PPP. So we fell through the cracks in the stage thing. There's, or like in venues, people just don't think about that. So there's going to be people fall through the cracks. A bagel shop just falls through the cracks, not allowed to be open for five days because two dipshits want to talk about shit they're not going to do. Um, I feel like everybody at this point more than ever needs to realize that government is incompetent. <laughs> and all these people that say we're going to save you, they ain't doing shit. So now luckily for the first time ever, we have like the dumbest third party, but whatever. It's like the time for a third party and it ain't, it ain't the time for this one. But <clears throat> I think government incompetence is a hell of a drug and we have finally seen it. <clears throat> yeah. Because I think everybody, everybody has something I'm sure in their life that has been like, oh, didn't think of that. Like I guarantee it like everybody, whether it's your neighbor or you personally, or some, like there's somebody, everybody lives by where their situation has fallen through the cracks. <clears throat> but outside of like yeah, uh, people getting home improvement stuff, that's the only thing thriving. <laughs> like if you need a driveway put yeah, in, now's the time. You'd be, you'd be hard pressed to find entire industries shut down though like the music industry and the uh like the live music the live music portion um i mean entertainment as a whole is basically at a standstill like just entertainment yeah. in general like you can't film movies like you can't yeah they're starting to they're <clears throat> starting to open that back up but only in a way that like kind of like the nba did it you have to stay locked down in a mandatory area you get tested every day on set that sort of thing right because i don't think they can wait any longer um for that sort of thing <clears throat> yeah i mean so, i, I can't believe it's just i can't believe nobody in live music has gotten remotely creative i mean i guess drive-in shows is a bit creative but most of the venues i mean you have a parking lot, just get a stage, throw a stage in the parking lot. I mean, it's, I mean, maybe there's more to it than that, obviously. I think, but I think the ones that, that have that are doing it if they're smart, but I don't think they all have that option. Like in, I mean, sure it's, it's location. Well, but dependent. Matt, you have to, you have to think about it. Like, it's not a matter of, Hey man, can't you guys just get out there and play some shows by any means necessary? It's like, we can't bring we can't take on the liability right yeah that's as the other a, thing we know our insurance a, does not cover it we've got we've yeah, been told for sure if, <clears throat> if we do a show in somebody like there's a spread at our show it's our fault or even if and there's like, not and somebody thinks it was we have to prove yeah, there wasn't it, one we're fucked yeah it just so the bands themselves and i mean like and well, the venues are going to deal with the same thing. I mean, no yeah, insurance companies do not cover this for everyone. What for you would consider to be a, not a hobbyist band, what you would consider to be a professional band, uh, it's really hard to let yourself I expose yourself to the liability that that can happen right now at a place like this. So you you have the legal issue, and then you have online, like you get you could get 
severe negative impact from people who think that bands shouldn't be playing shows right now, which I don't, I don't think we should be playing shows. I don't want to play shows until everything's figured out. I'm just explaining why we can't to people who haven't, have not even thought about that. So like the only people that like could play or would play at a small venue would be like hobbyist people, singer songwriters, stuff like that. But then you can only have X amount of people in your venue anyway. So monetarily, it doesn't make sense for anybody. You know, so it's like, it's not about just, hey, man, we got to get it back up on this stage. That's, that's not what it's about. It's about like, this, the venue can't monetize, the band can't monetize, and the liability overshadows everything. And it's probably irresponsible to so what do you do? You know, that, that's the that's the scariest thing. But it, it was nice to see some somebody bring it up, whether yeah. you're a Biden fan or not. That doesn't matter. He is at least bringing up something to the forefront that we are involved in. So yeah, that was nice. Yeah, had a breeder <clears throat> song on it, too. Oh, nice. And they, uh, where do I find song. where do I find this video? And no, I'm not trying to get you to endorse Joe Biden. But where do um, I find this video? Oh, go to Biden.com. Text three oh three three oh to Joe or whatever. I saw it on Twitter, but I think that it was a save our stages thing that I saw, not a not a Joe Biden thing. It's it's yeah. it's by Joe Biden, but I think that I saw it from Save Our Stages. So just look at maybe search Save Our Stages Joe Biden ad something like that and that right on yeah i saw it on twitter like five minutes before we got on this call for the podcast so sweet i'll check her out what uh, what beastie boys song is it sabotage beautiful i'm i'm voting i'm voting this year i'm doing it now that i know sabotage i already did (laughs) i didn't even need sabotage i got my early vote in before my quarantine started (laughs) I think it was like literally maybe the day before or two days before. Or something. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Which is it's going to be uh, crazy for everybody out there that's listening to this. Uh, keep your head keep your head on straight over the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. Don't don't let the bastards grind you down. Um, yeah, oh yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a hell on earth slash really interesting slash hell on earth. So. But whatever. He- guess, uh, but hell on hell on earth is a good segue into into Hellraiser. So we've <laughs> yeah. circled back in because that's what Hellraiser is about. It's about hell on earth. Right. Well, it turns out the, Hall- the Halloween villains this year are uh, you get to vote for one one of the two of them. <laughs> so so the, so the real the real uh, the real Halloween scary guys are up there. Couple 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 Halloween grandpas. So. Mm-hmm. It's a long, nonstop party. Yep, outcome, uh, outcome chaos. Uh, but yeah, keep your head on straight because it's going to be stupid. Yep. I have a feeling that no matter what happens, everybody's going to die. Will be the rhetoric from somebody. Mm. So whatever, I'm gonna avoid it like the plague. Yeah. Well, everybody out there, keep your heads up. Uh, don't worry about the constant dread that we're all under because it will get better. It shall get better. Uh, and, you know, 
it's all about your perspective on it. Fight through the big problems, but don't create small problems for yourself. That's kind of what we all have been trying to focus on, but I'm in the midst of the dread. Uh, but it'll get over. We'll get over it. Yeah, you got to think, uh, here's what I look at. H history has the key in all this. I think 50 million people were, was the death count for the 1918 pandemic. And we had uh, normal lives in 2019. So obviously that did not last forever. And it was much more severe than this. Uh, and you have to think technology has to be better now than, 20, than 1918. So it's just going to be, I'm, I'm hoping that this ends up being that weird time that we laugh at. And I think it will be. It's just whether it's a year from now or three months from now, it will be that, that weird, crazy time. Hey, remember that? Remember that Halloween where everything tastes like Lysol? Hopefully it yep. just is that. But we shall see. Time, time will tell, uh, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll keep working. That's yep. all we can do. But if you made it to the end of the podcast, thank you for that. Subscribe so you don't miss our next one. Um, we have that show on the 30th. There are still tickets. Go to HawthorneHeights.com. There's VIP. You can get your face behind us on stage while we're playing. All that cool stuff. Um, yeah, we have new merch. Mark did a great job on all that. Good job, Miz. Um, and your, just remember your ad that stuff, your ad stuff looks really good right now, Mark, by the way. Thanks, mate. Looks great. Just remember that the uh, merchandise and, every, and shows and everything that we're releasing really just is a stopgap for us while we can't play shows and come out and see you guys. Uh, but thanks for everybody who is, has picked up something over the course of the past, what has it been, six months or something like that? It's been March, mid-March. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so... Yeah, without Thanks. you guys, without you guys doing that, we would definitely not be a band at this point, for sure. Like it wouldn't, it would not yeah. be possible. Yeah. So thank you to everybody that has gone in there and picked up something. Uh, Twenty bucks, I know right now seems like a lot, but it is keeping our band alive for sure. Hundred um, percent. So it means more than twenty bucks to us. So thank you very much for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, enjoy yourselves. Uh, try my advice is to try and do something creative on the days that you feel a little bit of anguish. Yeah, get in your car, drive through a pile of leaves, see what happens. Let's debunk the myth. <laughs> Let's debunk it. So see what happens. Get in your car, have, put a mask on if you want, have a little fun, drive through a big pile of leaves, see what happens. Um, the weird part is if there is a brick, you're gonna be broken down in front of the asshole's house that did it. So but, I'm assuming a fight will ensue. Um, but you, but you're going to have a bag of Reese's cups at your disposal. So you're going to have that for comfort. <laughs> he's, he's yeah. just, he just is practicing saying Reese's to try to train his brain to not yeah. Reese, to not Reese his ass off. Uh, yeah. What kind of cup? So it's Reese's cup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Poppy, do you have any words of wisdom before we get out of here? It's Reese's pieces and Reese's cup. <laughs> <laughs> That's I love a drop that. It. All Love right. Damn. Well, thanks everybody right. for coming out and we'll see you next time. Hopefully we'll see you on the 30th. Uh, if not, we'll see you on the next podcast. Peace out everybody. Bye-bye.